Welcome to the podcast, Phoenix Jiu-Jitsu Podcast fans. Your host and engineer, Daniel Fordell. Host and no other responsibilities at all, Jason Beber. Brought to you by Phoenix Jiu-Jitsu, Phoenix Jiu-Jitsu, Phoenix Jiu-Jitsu, Savage Body Academy, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) We got a little business to attend to. First things first. My good friend, Juliet Good. You ever heard of her before, Daniel? Once or twice. Yeah. I think I heard of her on the podcast, mm-hmm. actually. Well, as it turns out, you probably have. Fantastic lady. She has an office on 4th Street Southwest in Hickory, North Carolina. She is a State Farm insurance agent. She takes care of all my insurance needs. I don't struggle with, uh, like, worried about getting killed by um, bears or mountain lions or... Really, any of the other stuff that you worry about, but... Sounds like a boring life. I do have... Well, no, no. It's not that I couldn't get killed by them. I just don't worry about it. I was about to say, there was one in downtown Hickory a couple years ago. Could be. I don't feel like that's accurate. But so, at any rate, before you get off the subject, Daniel... (laughs) There was video of it. It was 100% accurate. It wasn't in downtown Hickory. Yes, it was. It was right there at the ABC store. You literally don't know what you're talking about. Okay, cool. Go ahead. Continue with your commercial. I wish we had a young Jamie that would that would uh, do all the things where we could Google Keep going. this stuff. Oh, I'll easily prove Google it. it. Go ahead. <clears throat> there was a bear on Old Lenore Road over where Anthony lives. This is a fact. Anyway, so uh, if you have insurance needs and uh, you're not a dick like Daniel, please go see. <laughs> or if you are, they insure dicks too. <laughs> Bevers is a client. <laughs> <laughs> totally true. Go see our friend Juliet Good at Juliet Good State Farm State Farm Insurance Agency in Hickory, North Carolina. Daniel, quit fucking with your phone. Let's get going. Cool. What are we getting going about? Have you introduced our guest? I haven't yet. Let oh, me let okay. me get that done right away. That's a great idea. Our guest. Oh, uh, hate to interrupt you. March nineteenth, two thousand nineteen. On Wednesday morning, a male black bear climbed onto a tree behind the ABC store on First Avenue. Southwest. Which From one? the Hickory There's Daily two. Record. Let me see it. Let me see it. Cool. That does not look like anywhere <laughs> close. Oh, no, it's not the ABC store on first in downtown Hickory when it says it's the ABC store in downtown Hickory. And it's in the Hickory Daily Record. But no, that's cool. I'm sure you know more than the Hickory Daily Record. Record. Well, wait, motherfucker. You can't be. <laughs> First off, anytime we reference the Hickory Daily Record, this dude's like, well, they're a fucking liberal rag. Fuck those motherfuckers. They Why don't know I what the fuck that? they're. Oh, times. no, they kicked me off. Uh, yeah, they. Okay. I'm not going to say. Okay, that so, I said so wait. That. I didn't go to that extreme. So you go to. But what, they did delete me. You didn't me go off to that extreme? No. They deleted you, but you didn't go to that extreme. No. They okay. went to an extreme. I did. Okay. I just asked a simple question. Okay. Okay. So we need you, to replay that podcast. You can't I don't what discredit I this source of information and then not use when it. it's with NC Wildlife. Is there so they're only accurate with wildlife, but they're no, not accurate they're with whatever with the fuck else. Another agency. That's not an opinion piece. That was hey, there's a bear in a tree. There's no opinion. Two, there's a bear in a tree. There's a video of a bear in a damn tree. I may stand corrected, but what I'm trying to get at is you can't use one reference source and be like, well, this is the fucking gospel, and then be like, well, they fucking suck. I don't like them because they didn't agree with my opinion. I'm calling your shit out. (laughs) You see what I deal with? Don't don't look at him. He ain't even been introduced yet. Okay. We'll start this shit off right. There wasn't a bear. 
There wasn't a bear. That's that's literally that's like corrected. a block and a half from my house. It's also like a block no, and a half. No, this ain't my... even a hickory. Like there wasn't a bear. God damn! Fuck <laughs> you, Daniel. <laughs> I fu- th- I fucking hate Daniel. I only come here to argue with you. But you know who I love? Who do you Not love? Not you, by the way, you bitch. <laughs> Jeff Mingus, who is our special guest for today. <laughs> that was fucking terrible. Let me do that right. <laughs> our guest today, my friends, student, confidant, Brazilian jiu-jitsu blue belt at Phoenix Jiu-Jitsu. Three strike blue belt? Yeah, three strike, yeah. Businessman, uh, extraordinaire. I, I quit fucking my, my stuff up, man. All right, <laughs> businessman, philanthropist. Philanthrop- <laughs> you want me to stop fucking philanthropist? <laughs> actor, hmm, retired, retired actor. What other thing? Oh, uh, I don't know. Jeffrey, <laughs> the Mingo. Mingus! <laughs> I just made that what one up on the mingo? I don't know. We can tell. Mandingo. I, pre- I, don't I prefer know. I prefer El Jefe. El Jefe. <laughs> I feel like I'm just going to call you Gordo instead. I'll take it. <laughs> Gordo is what you call the fat kids, though. Ah! Well, so I was thinking the guy who invented half guard. I know that's I know. okay. Yeah. That's a, I've called him Hefe for years now. So, and trust me, uh, the next time we roll, we're gonna know about the fat kid. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you gonna get this top side control? I, I say use what you got. That's what, that's what I that's what I strive for. Mm. So this, uh, we'll just jump into it. This whole COVID, everybody talks about game, doing the COVID-15 and they put on so much weight. Well, you know me, I'm an overachiever. I'm more like COVID-30. Mm. <laughs> it happens. It's a slippery slope, that's for sure. Well, welcome, Jeffrey. Thank it you. It is good to see mm. you again. Haven't seen you in a while. How you been? Um, I. <laughs> it's not true. I totally was drinking beer with Jeff earlier today. <laughs> So I'm I'm okay. I, you know, uh, life could be better, life could be simpler, uh, but at the same time, you know, I still um, have a lot of advantages and uh, things are going well. Yeah, it's the reality. I love it. Well, <clears throat> Jeff and I had—I wouldn't call it lunch. We had snacks earlier today, <clears throat> and we tried real hard not to wear out all the conversations. Cause like you know I try it's to hard to do yeah, yeah but I mean you you hanging out with your friends you just talk but I try to like I was like no we gotta make sure and talk about that on the podcast there's some a, a bunch of things going on in the world that we didn't get to in our last podcast because Liam had an acronym for every fucking thing he could possibly oh, get goodness, yeah <laughs> <laughs> which was a fantastic podcast by the way I yeah, just didn't understand yeah. half of what he was talking about mm-hmm. <clears throat> Jeff brought out brought up something at lunch that I thought was uh, a, a huge thing that we got to get out in front of. Well, I shouldn't say get out in front of, but uh, we didn't talk about it all last week. So the Gordon Ryan and the majority of the Danaher death squad, including professor Danaher have mm-hmm. moved to Puerto Rico to start their own team. What do you think about that? Mm-hmm. Let's discuss it. So I am now all in favor of Puerto Rico statehood. <laughs> Explain your position. It took me a second to get it. So explain your position, Jeff. So my current. So first off, I have two good friends, uh, Richard, who lives in Puerto Rico. We call him Dick. Okay. Dick and Maria. Uh, and then uh, Alex. Yeah. 
uh, are both from that area. And um, so that well, no, so Dick is from Hickory. But he lives he, there. He married a young lady named Maria. And uh, Dick and I went to high school together. I, his name's Richard. But just to be a, an asshole all through school, he was like, call me Dick. <laughs> I was like, cool. You're Dick from this day forward for the rest of your life. Little did he know we'd be friends for like 25 years. So now he's Dick when he wants everyone to call him Dr. Richard Giles. But he's just Dick to me. Um, he moved to Puerto Rico because he married this lady named Maria. And they live in a teeny house on Puerto Rico. Please go. go. So, okay. Well, so that's part of it. The other part of it is um, um, I, I have a feeling that Puerto Rico is now the new uh, Republican Canada. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you'll have to explain that one to me so it's a ta- it's a tax dodge oh really yeah so if my reading from google <laughs> extensive and, research and the, in quotation yeah, marks if, the, if my extensive research on youtube uh <laughs> proves correct i don't think they pay federal taxes <clears throat> except if they are members of the united states government or make money in the united states in the physical the contiguous uh states Okay, so not like they have online sales to United States. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, gotcha. But it, well, no, that was like a big stink during the elections because apparently Puerto Rican citizens can't vote or something like that. What was going on with that? Nah, that I didn't. I didn't research that. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> so the other thing is, I think it'd be nice to have two more Democratic senators, but that's neither here nor there. Well, so are we? You know, Professor TC posted on his page the other day. It was like, well, you know, now we have a now we have a decision to make. Are we are we making trip to Puerto Rico or are we making trip to New York City? My opinion was both. Yeah, both, absolutely. So, yeah, as I vote Puerto Rico in the wintertime, New York in the spring. Not not this spring. Well, maybe this spring. I don't know. But like this past spring, no thanks. If they let us in. Yeah, I was oh, about man. to say, it really depends on the climate up there. Did you see, um, in in relation to COVID, uh, I, I don't remember which news news source posted this, but they were, like, going to set up uh, checkpoints on the GW Bridge and uh, the Brooklyn Bridge and, like, like all the all the major inlets into New York City. The sheriff has said, we're going to set up COVID checkpoints, so, like, you're not allowed in or out, like... Man, that's you some, have to like show a negative test. I don't. I, I didn't really okay. understand the the. But I was like, man, that sounds like some uh, some police state escape shit. from it's temperature checks. Maybe right. <laughs> M- remember that movie, uh, Escape from New York? Yes, absolutely. With uh, <laughs> who was that? Who uh, was Kurt Russell. Kurt, Kurt Russell. Russell. Yeah, because yeah. he did another one years before, uh, Escape from L.A. Mm. Snake was his name. I'm gonna go back and rewatch those. But man, that's I seen like it a long time. Is this a? Uh, uh, Art imitating life or life imitating art, you know, some crazy shit. Cool. Well, we'll talk about it more. <laughs> well, I mean, that was kind of a rhetorical question. I think you really expected an answer on that one. Well, Jeff and I were talking, and so uh, I sort of, I sort of struggle. I've been having some weird feelings about uh, about this sort of. I don't want to say separation, but this, you know, of course, who who cares? I, there ain't a single death squad member that gives a fuck about my opinion about what they do with their life. But um, well, so for this, it's a physical separation. It's not like a ideal separation. You know what I mean? Like right. there isn't any bad blood. It's hey, this is best for us right now. Sure. So this is what we're gonna do. 
And I imagine that Donahue is going to set up a Henzo affiliate down well, there. Well, we, you know? we were sort of – yeah, I don't know. I mean, because mm-hmm. there was a time maybe like a year or two ago where um, Gordon Ryan said – he had posted something on like BJJ Fanatics about um, maybe selling like Danaher Death Squad affiliations. And I was – I posted on the thing. I was like, so this is like you're, – you're, this is not a Henzo affiliation. Y'all are going to start your own team. Like, And I wasn't the only person that asked this question. Yeah. And then he was like, I don't know, I'm just floating it. And then nothing ever came from it. So I don't know. I don't see Donahue breaking off from Henzo, though. You know what I mean? Well, so it's interesting. So let's 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 flush this out some. If you yeah. think about it, so there wasn't always a Team Henzo Gracie. Yeah. So Master Henzo was a black belt under his uncle, Carlos Gracie Jr., mm-hmm. who is the head of uh, Gracie Baja. And at some point, he told his uncle, like, hey, I'm going to go do my own thing. So, so there wasn't a bad falling out with that either. No, just, you, okay. ha- you have to assume that his uncle was like, cool, man, go. I wish you the best. If you need help, let me know. Mm. The reason I assume that is because Henzo was the one who presented Carlos Gracie Sr. with his coral belt. That's true. I so they, can- I mean, I don't know for sure, but I got to assume there aren't, they couldn't be too bad of feelings if Master Henzo is the one giving. Or not giving, but like presenting, presenting the belt that he deserves to him. So it's an interesting mm-hmm. dichotomy. You have to assume that Master Henzo would be like, "Man, it sucks to lose you, but you know, go do you. Like, be your best." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I don't see Henzo getting mad if that separation were to happen. I mean, he's one of the happiest people you'd ever meet. You know? Sure. Well, I mean, it does. It is a loss for. Oh, definitely. I mean, it'd for, be a monetary loss as well. Yeah, I don't. Maybe you know, probably. Mm-hmm. You I mean, gotta, John Donaher is a huge draw. Yeah, but to you got to wonder, like, how many of, how many of the folks that left to go to Puerto Rico, was there like six, seven? Yeah. How many of those guys were paying dues at Henzo's? I mean, do you think Gordon Ryan's paying like the no, dues at Henzo's? I doubt that too. Yeah. So. Um, he may be a, at this point an inconsequential player, but that Daniel Masulo or whatever he yeah. he left too. Yeah, he, he left as well. Yeah, so he is an I, inconsequential player at this, at this moment. moment. Yeah. I'm not saying he's a very good grappler. He's beat the right. crap out of me. Of course, he's a giant. I never realized how big he was. He, he is had a, a picture giant. of him sitting beside Donaher. Donaher looked like a child. Listen, yeah. the last time Donaher is not a small guy. The last time we were up there, yeah. Uh, Daniel and um, Nikki Rod were grappling like next to me and me and Rachel, and they were getting after it. And I was like, I told Rachel, I was like, let's get the fuck out of their way. I'm not trying to have like 700 pounds of man meat like <laughs> smash into me, you know. And he's I mean, a young kid too, right? Oh yeah, yeah he's he's. I don't even think like he's 21. 21. Oh really? Yeah, he's real young, like real so real young. The the impact is that I'm sure there will be a draw to Puerto Rico. I mean, it is a natural thing that people are going to follow the the. Death Squad, Gordon Ryan, and uh, Professor Donner. Well, and let's not forget Nikki and Ethan Krenzlin and Daniel. And oh, Ethan's and, moving too. Yeah, he's oh, already moved. And then uh, probably, um, you know, I got to assume Nikki Rod went with him. Gary Tonin has went with him. Mm-hmm. So there's, he did. you know, did yeah. he shut down his academy? No, that's the weird part. He's, I, I got to assume because Gary's not at his academy as much. I, I got to assume that so Gary has black belts as well. Okay. There, there are black belts under Gary Tonin. I have to assume that he has left his academy under the instruction of his students, who he will come and manage like regularly. It's not that far. I mean, it's like a two-hour plane ride from Puerto Rico to New York. You know, really? 
Yeah, it's not that far. So the other cool thing that I brought up is is the question in my mind is is what is Master Henser going to do? And you know, you brought up that we that it may be a really good thing and that we may get be seeing him more. Yeah, and that he may become. Um, not to say that he was less active, but he may become more focused on his New York Academy now. Well, I, I will I will go out and say it. Like, he certainly wasn't, <clears throat> I mean, you know, I trained there twice a day, every day, six days a week for a little over two months. And um, he wasn't there often, for sure. Yeah. That doesn't mean, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure that guy has earned the right to prop his feet up if he wants to. Well, not only that, but he has a lot of other he ventures. He has a as lot well. of yeah. other ventures. So I'm not saying he's he's lazy or anything like that. What <laughs> I'm what I'm saying is I have noticed on Instagram a lot of my friends who, who train there have been posting a lot of pictures of them with Master Henzo who's teaching more classes right now. So has <clears throat> I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. Has Donaher already moved down yeah, to Puerto Rico? All of them are there. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. I thought this was like the hey, we're going to move no, no, type they, thing. They, like they, they already done. Yeah, they had the move planned before they ever announced anything. Dude, you know Don Hurst loves that. He ain't got that hour long well, train ride to and from the gym. Anymore. I don't. He, I, I don't feel like that's true. I, he's an odd. He's an odd character. Of course. So like, it, the weird part is I, I can't see Danaher in any place other than New York. Like yeah, my, he's in my, burn, my mind's eye, I can't. He's gonna burn. Well, daily. he doesn't. He doesn't see the sunlight. So <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I'm but, saying. But what I'm getting at is like I can't see him. He seemed to enjoy the struggle and the he loved the griminess, kind of the the alive nature of New York City. Of course, I mean, you know, he, I mean, it's not for me to say where somebody should or shouldn't mm-hmm. live. It's just hard for me to picture him in another environment other than. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can you see in that rash guard for a Hawaiian shirt? Yeah, I mean, can you see Denver <laughs> like looking feet propped up in a lawn chair out on the beach? Like, I don't see that guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, reading <laughs> philosophy books out by the ocean and shit. You're like, Pina yeah, colada, man. some sunglasses on. Yeah. yeah. I can see. <laughs> so I don't really know, man. It's been an interesting, uh, you know, f- everybody's full of speculation. Um, <clears throat> you got to, from what I read, uh, my, I've deduced that they, because of COVID and because um, New York City has some stringent rules, <clears throat> You know, you got a room full of professional grapplers that can't grapple legally mm-hmm. and that can't – that's how they make money. Like, they make money by being professional grapplers. Even Take any of their advertisement, their gi, their uh, sponsorship deals, any of that is based around them being relevant in grappling. Mm-hmm. And so if they can't grapple, and some of them are MMA fighters, and if they can't fight MMA, then what the fuck are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like kind of like us and Daniel and myself, in that you know our business is revol- revolves around personal fitness and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Like, what the fuck are you gonna do if that ain't what you do? Like, yeah. you got to go find another job. So, I don't know. It's uh, interesting. It'll be interesting to watch it play out. Mm-hmm. So MDI is hiring. <laughs> oh, trust me. I talked about going down that route. <laughs> Whenever COVID first started, I was like, you're talking about like two weeks off to get go. I'm I'm gonna be finding a job. I, uh, yeah, well, I as everyone that. knows, I ended up having to go back to work as a painter and, yeah. and I made a shit ton of money. It was good. Hmm. W- would have been nice if it lasted a little longer, but hey, whatever. <laughs> yeah. But I just wonder hey. if this is, well, I just wonder if this is like a certain climate that's brewing 
up in New York. You know, like California dealt with that mass exodus of people leaving there, going to other oh, states sure. and getting out. I wonder if New York is going to be filling I'm that sure. same mass exodus. I'm sure know? they will. I think um, it's interesting, you know, that kind of gets into this concept of um, gentrification. And uh, Jeff and I live pretty close to each other, and uh, our neighborhoods are being gentrified as we speak, aren't so they? What, mm-hmm. what is, break that term down for me. I have heard that used in so many different ways that I honestly don't, I don't even know what it means. Jeff, so like, you, what is gentrification? Because I know that they spent like, what, $40 million in Charlotte a couple years ago, and that caused a huge ruckus because they were trying to gentrify, gentrify certain communities down there, and I have no idea what that means. Hmm. Um, so I don't know exactly how I would define it, honestly, uh, which is short Wait, for So what have they done in short your neighborhood? For, I don't know what you're talking about. but um, <laughs> So the upgrades in our neighborhood, you know, they've done the walking trail or the, the path from the river walk to city walk and all that fun stuff. And they're just trying to um, – they're trying to settle the neighborhoods a little better, I what guess. Is, well, so uh, to gentrify means they want people to be landholders, and, and if you take back to its original term. Uh, so they just try to dress up like the public areas? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> they're trying to, to make uh, – uh, trying to make downtown a destination – they're trying to make uh, the neighborhoods um, more livable, if that makes sense. If I may, can I read you the definition of gentrification? Sure, so gentrification is a process of changing the character of a neighborhood through the influ- influx of more affluent residents and businesses. Damn it, my phone. Um, <laughs> it is a common and controversial topic in politics and in urban planning. Gentrification often increases the economic value of a neighborhood, but the resulting demographic change is frequently a cause of controversy. Gentrification often shifts a neighborhood's racial and ethnic composition and average household income by developing new, more expensive housing and businesses in a gentrified architectural style and improving resources. So in my neighborhood, so Jeff and I really want to live like what? four blocks from each other maybe i think four yeah four blocks but we but the railroad tracks like separate us so and, he lives and on a, a, and a big fence and a big fence <laughs> build the wall <laughs> hashtag build a wall um so i live on the southwest side jeff lives on the northwest side but our our houses are you know less than half a mile from each other like if you if you mm-hmm. just walk straight and so um in in my neighborhood which is funny because jeff used to live in the same neighborhood that i live in mm. In my neighborhood... But we became gentrified. <laughs> right? <laughs> so my neighborhood is actually the oldest... Na- is it the oldest or second oldest neighborhood? It's in uh, s- either oldest or second oldest. Yeah. It might be the oldest. So there are very old houses <clears throat> in my neighborhood, <clears throat> and which generally means that uh, by, by now, lower income, um, not white, ethnic environment. <laughs> right? So um, what... What I see happening in my neighborhood, just in the year and a half that I've lived there, is there have been a lot of property change hands to people who are spending above, they are speculating. So if a house comes up for sale, an investor goes, this neighborhood is on the rise. 
there are things happening in this neighborhood. I want to invest in this neighborhood. So they pay more than the projected value of this house. So a house that maybe would sell for 80 grand in a regular market sells for 120. Well, the investor is speculating that they're going to make money on this house. So they hold, they fix it up, they hold on to it. In in my immediate case, like my next door neighbor bought a bought the house and turned it into a Airbnb, and it's busy. It's busy all the time. It's full every every day. Damn. It's always always somebody hmm. new there. And this kind of kind of uh, the city spends a little more money in that neighborhood, and then businesses come in, and usually this is because outsiders are like, man, this is a cool neighborhood. There's like black people and Asian people and Hispanic people and white people and gay people and rednecks. And, you know, they go, wow, this is a mixed neighborhood. This is kind of cool. So they start investing. And then pretty soon, the basically the, the most boring people on the planet, they, they start investing and they want to move to where the cool neighborhood is. So that drives all the property costs way up, which then means the only people that can afford it are really dull, rich people who don't have, it's not for me to say they don't have any value, but yeah. they, they don't bring they art don't or culture or they just have money. Yeah. And I don't, I don't begrudge them for that. So that drives the rent and the lease and the property value through the roof. And pretty soon the only people that can afford to live there are people who, who you're, this neighborhood is now cool, but it's, it's, not going to be cool 10 years from now because all the people that made it cool have been driven out. So now, and this happens all the time. So now that neighborhood's not cool anymore. It's not happening. So this same thing is happening in a neighborhood. Maybe it's two years behind down the road. And then the, these speculators take, start taking stock and they start buying property and building houses and building condos and putting businesses in. And pretty soon now the property value there goes up and all these people that were over here that just drove all these poor people out, they move over there, and this is a cycle that happens, and it's um, an unintended consequence of capitalism, basically. And I'm not I'm not down on capitalism. I'm just saying this is like an un unintended cycle that happens through many many neighborhoods, and it's happening in my neighborhood. And it's just neighborhood was it was was on the rise before mine was. Mm -hmm. My neighborhood used to be kind of bad, didn't it? I mean, not bad, but depends on how far back you go. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, he still lives there, so, so <laughs> like not too far back. Twenty years ago, it was the up and coming neighborhood. Mine was. Yeah, yeah. And then prior to that, uh, it, it had had a sinking spell, and prior to that, it was the neighborhood. Right. I mean, originally Green Park was the neighborhood. It is the place to live. Yeah, yeah. And so it's gone through several <clears throat> cycles. Um, well, when you moved, the cycle was on a downturn. We were on a downturn. Right. And so that's why we moved. Jeff lived, like, literally, what, half a block from where I live now? Just around the corner. Yeah, yep. just around the corner. And so he moved to a, to a it, it is a more affluent neighborhood, wouldn't you say? So first we moved out in the country. Okay. Out well, the, where you live the, now? Out the Section House Road. That's not the country. That's nowhere near the Listen, country. There <laughs> yeah. were pastures and moo cows. <laughs> yeah, but you're like two minutes from a road that's going to take you like to the city or like to the interstate. Yeah. <laughs> that was the country. The country. <laughs> Listen, Daniel's over here giving you shit about that being the country, and I know where he lives, and he's like, well, I live out in the country. I'm like, no, motherfucker, you don't. I know exactly <laughs> where you live. No, actually, I live in like the meth capital, but we're in one of the nicer places in the meth capital. We're moving to the country soon. But no, we're not in the country whatsoever. That's why I don't like where we live now. Well, uh, so then we moved uptown. Yeah, Jeff's yeah. neighborhood is 
I would say more affluent than mine, but but oh, it is the snooty up. It's pretty yeah. snooty. Yeah, but it's not like four levels up. It's like two levels up, wouldn't you say? No, it's four or five. Four or five. Four or five. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is it that drew you to that kind of community? Uh, we just always wanted to live downtown. Okay. Uh, to be, so at that point, we were both very active. Steve and I were both very active in the theater, uh, in choral society, uh, all the different things like that. And all of those things are right downtown. They sure are. Yeah. And uh, we wanted to be where the action was, so to speak. Mm. You know, so the, the theory is that because you're downtown, you can walk and you can do all these things. And but you don't. No. <laughs> you can. You I know. Don't. Hell no. <laughs> we did walk. I mean, we did walk today. Listen, Jeff and I walked, like, uh, Jeff and Steve and I, we walked <laughs> all over the fucking place today. It took us maybe 30 minutes. I mean, but but we, like... I mean, the only time I walk downtown is if in the summertime I like to walk, but uh, usually I'm like, well, I might get real drunk. I want to walk. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a good plan. Like yeah. that fits oh, in with yeah. your lifestyle for yeah. sure. Yeah, that's why it's yeah. literally. It was a. It was being able to walk to downtown was very, very much a a driving factor in in choosing the place that I lived. Like I lived there intentionally. It wasn't like. An accident. Yeah. So <laughs> I do enjoy a good walk, though, especially with beers. <laughs> what you doing after the podcast? Maybe we can go have some beers. <laughs> I don't know. Find out. What, I don't know. I'll find out means he's got to go at seven on the dot. No, it means I got to text the wife and see if it's okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's not going. I'll, I'll be at the tap room by myself later. He, he seems very <laughs> gentrified. He is a pretty gentrified dude. <laughs> well, back to this. Back. To, so the reason we got onto gentrification yeah. is because, um, so California, th- that we know of today, and I've never been there. I'm just I've saying, like what there. I've what I've read and what I see, didn't didn't start out being that way. It's um, we, we can use Asheville as a as a uh, a metric, right? So when I was in high school. Asheville was a pretty cool place. Like, matter of fact, just after I'd graduated high school, Ash, I went to work at the Office Depot in Asheville, store 180 on Tunnel Road, and um, it was it was up and coming. It was like it was still kind of a poor mountain town, but it had you know bluegrass festivals, and nobody cared if somebody was gay or not, and black or not, and it was like a pretty it was liberal, but it wasn't like like ultra ultra left it wasn't like a hub for very very leftist people it was just like no one i i I could be wrong but i spent a lot of time there and i didn't remember anyone you know if you wanted to play bongos on the on the corner people would give you money or not right like no one was like you fucking asshole you didn't pay me for for this bongo or whatever yeah (laughs) and and through through time i mean i graduated in 1997 I was there in 98 for, I don't know, six, seven months. Um, over time, it has become this sort of leftist hub. Mm-hmm. Like a, like a, I don't know how to explain it. It's not, I, I don't know, like the idea that an organization like Antifa could exist or, or that there are like 40 days of riots in the town of Asheville seems fucking crazy to me. Mm-hmm. So all the kind of, right-leaning folks were like man this place sucks we'll leave and they moved to 
Marion or Black Mountain or Hickory or, you know, wherever. They move out of that area. It's kind of yeah. giving, giving over. They're like, hey, y- y'all can have this shit. We're leaving. So now it's sort of like a vacuum of, I don't want to say a vacuum, but it is of it becomes the more opposing views that leave, the more of an echo chamber you develop. Let um, investors and gentrification and those sort of things like have had an impact on the town of Asheville, much like those same things have had an impact in California or you know Washington State or even New York City. I mean, New York City is a very, very, very left-leaning place. Mm. Very. I I was amazed. Like there were people would. Uh, when I were there, I, I knew people, and I would say, like, I would say just something like, hey, bro, you know, and people, like, a certain a certain group of people would be upset that I had microaggressions towards them. I'm like, what the fuck is a microaggression? I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> if you're mad, that's on you. I didn't say nothing bad, you know? Yeah. So there is this sort of... Oh, oh, Ultra left is the only is the only term I know, but I don't I don't think that's accurate. I don't mean that they vote Democrat. I mean there's like this ultra leftist group of people that cannot be satisfied no matter what you do, and those when when people that oppose them leave a state or a city, it leaves this place to only be uh, not controlled but inhabited by these. A certain kind of folk. So is that? I don't know no, if that made any a, sense. Well, I mean, it it, it it does sort of, but then you got to think about the the broader picture. Let's now expand to North Carolina. Okay. And you take that same ideology and that same logic and same scenarios, and you would think that there's no other voice than than the conservative Republican voice for North Carolina. Sure. But that's not true. Uh, so it's not that it's not that those voices are, are not there, or it's they're, they're not prominent and they're not getting the same exposure, mm-hmm. mainly because they don't have the money behind it. When you say they, who who? So whichever side. So okay. in, in Asheville, it's it's the the liberals who have the money and the power, and then their it's their voice that you hear. Right. In North Carolina, it's the conservatives who have the money and the power, and it's their voice you hear. Sure. Well, and the thing the thing to me is I've always considered myself to be a pretty left-leaning person. I mean, always. I've never thought um, of myself. Until last year. Yeah, I mean, literally until, well, <laughs> was that last year? Trump. No, I think <laughs> that was three years ago. Yeah. Four years ago now that we, that we think about so it. So now I'm just trying to stir the pot. I don't care. Well, I mean, so in North it. Carolina, that's kind of the weird things, right? Like Trump won the state, but also Cooper won the state. So how do you explain the dichotomy of that? Who voted on the same ticket for the man who wants to open the country but close the state? That does seem you know odd I mean? to me. Yeah. I'm not calling That's, voter I don't fraud know or something like I that. I mean, obviously there have been instances of like some voter fraud, but it's been on an extremely small scale. There's no like mass thing that I have seen in the news whatsoever. Sure. It's been, you know, five hundred here, ten or twelve there, like small issues of, like individual voter fraud, but nothing mass. But still, how do you explain that? Because, I mean, there was, I don't, and, I don't want. And to honestly, get... if you talk to election officials, the the instances of voter fraud or 
vote or voter irregularity is the way yes, I would say. Yes, irregularity is a good term. Uh, is, is that they are simple uh, errors and mistakes that just need to be cleaned up, and they typically get cleaned up. Sure, mm. incompetence, not not uh, some sort of not malice plot. You know, right, to, yeah. right, right, right. I can I can totally see that. I mean, let's think about it. What is the margin of error? There are 10.5 million people that live in the state of North Carolina. <laughs> like, is every single vote going to be counted accurately? It's not. It's just not rational to think that you could count. Well, you get like what three different systems too. You got mail in, absentee, and electronics. Yeah. I mean, you so got like, a lot of different things. Yeah. Right? How would it be? Po- I mean, I, I'm not. I don't know how. To, I'm. I just don't think that any agency, much less a government agency, which isn't known for being all that. No. <laughs> So you know who you need to have is um, my friend Marvin, who is head of the Catawba County Elections Board. We'd love that. That'd yeah, be awesome. Awesome. Yeah. That'd be a good, yeah. a, a really good one. We need to make a note of that. And the other one that you need to have, uh, God help you, is uh, <laughs> sounds like fun. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> so God is uh, since we're talking about gentrification and stuff like that and neighborhoods and stuff is Steve because that's his thing. Oh, that'd be great. I'd love to have him on. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. I mean, I'll sit here. Oh me, and, me and Steve will get rowdy. <laughs> I'll just, like, sit back and watch. <laughs> <clears throat> well, my uh, the reason we got into this uh, – so the death squad, which is a very – well, that's not the entire death squad. Gordon Ryan is a very right-leaning person. He posts a lot of ultra – Ultra right stuff. It's stuff that I'm like, eh, listen, okay. I haven't heard such whining and crying and bitching since Hillary lost. <laughs> <laughs> that True. is a very accurate You're not statement. wrong about that. <laughs> yeah. That being said, I feel like that was a, a big part of his move, but there, mm-hmm. there is a mass exodus of people. So Joe Rogan left LA and went to uh, Austin. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, he, he had Tom, uh, not Tom, he had uh, Matthew McConaughey on his podcast. Matthew McConaughey is a, a, a Texan and has actually he's, he's from Georgia, but he but he lives in Texas yes. and has for a long time. And um, he they through an exchange, they they kind of went into it. And, they, and basically McConaughey said, listen, don't make Texas like California. Yeah. So like you left you left California because you didn't like California. Don't make don't make Texas the the next California, where where and 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 that's the way I feel about it. like mm. it, man. If you leave Asheville, don't don't make Hickory the next Asheville. Yeah, like just let 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 yeah. Hickory be Uh-oh. what it is. Leave those we, problems. We already behind. have a mellow mushroom. <clears throat> just saying, and it's terrible. I'm I don't see how <laughs> they're still in business. It is fucking man. terrible. I disagree wholeheartedly. Their food might be okay, but yeah. their service is fucking terrible. Oh, you, I do take out. You better time. have yeah. two hours if you if you're gonna go there oh, and shit. eat. Listen, Ooh. I'm a VIP guy. What's that mean? Village Inn Pizza. So my man, yes. <laughs> <laughs> same. If I don't know, is, is is VIP? Is it like? Nationwide or just in Hickory or what? I think um, it's just the two locations. Well, now one location. There was one in Statesville, but it's closed. Oh, Actually, it no, closed? it's open. They, it moved. Remember the one that was like out over the creek by the, oh, by yeah. the movie it's theater? on like the stilts or yeah. whatever. And yeah. Then, yeah. I forgot and then there was that. one in Bethlehem, too. Okay. I don't know about the yeah. one in Bethlehem, but the one in, the one in Statesville is open. Believe it or not, Anthony and I, uh, uh, I should say, I drove Anthony to appraise the property that the old village in that's on the stilts out over yeah. the creek 
with <laughs> on. And I was like, damn, I always wanted to come back. I was crawling up under it and shit. I was like, damn, look at these. You know, and there's a bunch of homeless people that live there now. Nice. No, creepy repurposed. shit, man. It's pretty creepy. They're, they're going to tear it down because they're doing all that uh, I-77 construction through there. But gotcha. that's why we were appraising it. By we, I mean Anthony. Mm. I so, don't appraise So shit. getting back to one of the original questions, I vote yes to both. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. I say... Um, Oh, the other thing I would say is I give it eight months, and then and then yeah. we'll, they'll be they'll all be back in New York. Do why yep. is that? Because things will calm down. I could see. I don't think Which, it's going to be eight months. I think it's going to be like a year, year and a half before like everything goes I back. I don't to, disagree with that. Yeah, I think so. I think it'd be a year, year and a half before everything settles. I don't think going back to normal is going to be a thing. I just don't. I think that. I mean, everybody. Whether you know, whether once you look I at get like the, the vaccine and turn into a zombie, <laughs> I will make sure it's all normal. <laughs> well, no, I think that I don't think that there's going to be legislation. I don't think there's going to be mask mandates or any of that stuff. But I think that it changed the climate of the citizens to where we're not going back to a normal. There's always going to be those people who are going out cold and flu with a mask on who never did before. Now, I think this was enough to shake people for a long time. I don't think this is something that's just going to be over in 2021. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like I said, I don't think there's going to be laws against it. I don't think they're going to be tracking people with freaking chips and vaccines and all this other stupid shit. Listen, I am ready for that microchip and the, the zombie juice. And Dude, whatever, they're wasting money on a microchip. They're tracking you through your iPhone. Whatever, whatever it takes to get me back into the into <laughs> circulation. <laughs> Just like, let me get that vaccine, bro. I'm trying to get some uh, jujitsu on. <laughs> and if y'all happen to get bit, <laughs> that's y'all's business. You know, it's a funny, it's a funny, uh, uh, funny segue. Um, we have a teammate, Ricky, who um, Ricky's he's by far our oldest teammate. Yeah, he's got me by 10 years. Yeah, he's 72, 71 or two. I can't yeah. remember. And um, which which is cool because his three-year anniversary to Blue Belt was yesterday. So that was pretty oh, nice. Cool. Um, <laughs> shout out, Ricky. Hey, Ricky. <laughs> he ain't listening. He ain't listening. <laughs> he's like, what's a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> he figured out Facebook. He, he figured out a figure podcast. Out <laughs> oh, well, he is on Facebook. Dude, him and Willie going at oh, it. Right. Oh, my okay. God. That's so, that's so great. I come in on just to follow them arguing. <laughs> so, so uh, Ricky's, I didn't, I, man, it's weird. He, he wasn't like this before. I think just all this Trump and virus stuff. But anyway, yeah. Ricky, Ricky, you know, rightfully so. He's in his 70s. He's been, he's tried to be very careful about um, his health, you know, regardless of my feelings about anyone's health or their uh like it's, um, you know, they. I want people to. Uh, we we getting all this, Daniel? Cool. Dan, Daniel. Oh, we didn't even do our beer thing. When you get back, we'll do the beer thing. Um, I think. Uh, so Ricky's been very careful about his health, which means he hasn't been to jujitsu uh, in a long time, and he wasn't. He wasn't really coming a whole lot prior to COVID. So he 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 said uh, he posted he can't wait till there's a a vaccine. And then, like, a bunch of our teammates were like, yeah, I can't believe you're going to fucking take that shit and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, man, I'm I'm probably not going to take the vaccine, at least for quite a while. But um, I won't. I mean, thank you, sir. I, uh, I'm, if, if, 
you or Ricky or anybody else, I actually posted on Ricky's thing. I was like, man, I hope you get your vaccine. Like, I really want you to, to feel safe and, and be healthy. Mm-hmm. I just want my friends back. Yeah, exactly. Man, I it doesn't, it doesn't matter my feelings. Like, if you – I want you guys – I want the people that are worried about it, even if it's an illusion – and I don't know if it is or isn't. Listen. I want you to have your safety back. I said, this, works, man. I said this the other day at work to a customer who refused to wear a mask and he was like, oh, and he was getting all carried away. I said, listen, I want to be 100% wrong about having to wear this mask, about having oh, yeah. to do all this crap. I would rather that than, you know, have to continue forward like this but mm-hmm. at this point i have no proof that i'm wrong yeah well, i have no proof that i'm right well other so, than well well and even i think part of the problem is you can't trust science right now but yeah. i don't want to say you can't trust you can't so, trust the interpretation of the science right, right now. i mean science so science it's, has it's been so, politicized yeah, yeah. Unfortunately. And, and, and i mean i've never been like a a science denier but there's so much shit out there and it's so politicized in both directions i really all i have to all i have is my own personal experiences and i know that is a very small microcosm of the world mm-hmm. but at this point it's the only thing i can truly depend on yeah. is my personal experiences and as it stands i don't mean any disrespect toward anyone the only I'm, the people i know who have contracted COVID, and fortunately they have all recovered completely, are the people who are most worried about it. I mean, I don't mean this as an insult. I'm saying Mm -hmm. the people I know that wear masks and don't go out and don't touch things and use hand sanitizer were the people who have contracted COVID. Like, statistically, in the nine people I know that have gotten COVID, I mean, I realize it's a very small microcosm. I'm not saying that is... I'm simply saying these are the, the the facts that I know of personally, and it has mm-hmm. been like, I'm like, wow. If you're that careful, I ain't done a motherfucking thing. I ain't done shit. Yeah. Not un. I have done nothing different other than not go to the station because the manager and I had a fucking falling out. Yeah. I just go to but some other restaurant. So that's because you got it when you were up in New York in February. Probably did. May have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I could see that, but even then, so. <laughs> You know, Sarah had it. Mm-hmm. You know, I lived in the house with her. She tested positive twice, twice. a week apart. Yeah, I tested negative twice, a week apart, staggered from mm-hmm. her week apart. So, like, I just don't understand it. And, like, I thought, like we talked about, you know, maybe I got it from you back in February. But according to the science, the antibodies are out of your system in 90 days. Yeah. So that yeah. should be three months. And then I should have been able to get it again, man. Like, we can't quarantine from each other. We've got an infant. You know, he's in my face for hours a day. He's in her face for hours a day. All three of us should have had it, yeah. but nothing. It was just her. Even Raylan was good. Yeah. You know, so like when I'm judging from my own experience, I'm like, well, okay, I'm I'm not really worried about wearing a mask now. You know, well that and Sarah, you know, she yeah, recovered Sarah was down for completely. two days, and you know, keep in mind my wife is very healthy, but at the same time she's breastfeeding too, so she's still like recuperating. Her body is working in overtime, so it's very easy for sure. women who are breastfeeding to, to get yeah. sick. Yeah, her immune system's trash. She was down for two days, took her four more days to get her energy back, and she was good to go. So it's, it's just odd. It's an interesting. I mean, it really is uh, yeah. just an interesting time that we live in. There's no. Oh my I, god. <laughs> 
who could you could you ever have thought you would be explaining this to like you yeah. know but then would you ever think that you would have studies showing that masks are like what they say like 72 percent effective and then other studies showing that you're more likely to get if you are wearing a mask because of the moisture and like which can't. which one of these studies is bullshit? Yeah, which, which one, one is believe? right? Like both of them are based on a group of like forty people. You know, <laughs> they haven't had time to do a major study yet. Yeah. So it's like we're watching the science unravel currently. Sure. You know what I mean? There's no long term test on COVID nineteen because mm. it's instant. Because it's like, new. That's my biggest issue with the vaccine. You know, some vaccines have repercussions decades in the future, not just like, oh, I got shot with it. Trust you know? me, five years when I bite your ass, you're going to know. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, that's one thing about it. You don't know. From what they're saying <laughs> with the two different companies, Pfizer and another company. Moderna. And then there's, Is there's, there's actually a third that I can't remember. Okay, so they're saying you have to get two doses. And after the first dose, you're going to feel pretty bad. After the second dose, you're going to feel terrible. Because you're trying to fight through. And they said that a lot of the manufacturers are worried, or not the manufacturers, but the um, like the people in control of the testing are worried people won't get the second one because the first one makes you feel makes bad. You feel and bad. the second one makes you feel even worse. So there's no telling what kind of staggered results we're going to have off of people getting one. And be like, screw that. I felt like shit for three days. I'm not getting that second test, <laughs> you know, or that second dose. Mm-hmm. So it, there's no telling. I mean, they don't even know what the one-year effect is going to be of this stuff Of yet. course not. I mean, how could you? Yeah. <laughs> it hasn't been <laughs> three hasn't months. Been a year. <laughs> yeah. Well, so actually, uh, we have passed a year when they first discovered it in China. Well, no, well, I'm talking about for the vaccine, the vaccine yeah, yeah, development. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they were talking about having the vaccine, like a viable dosage of the vaccine a couple months. Well, I mean, it's a couple months old, though. No, but it's coming out next week. Everybody gets shots next week. No, not everybody. Unfortunately, you tracking. <laughs> unfortunately, they were talking about starting it out with the high-risk people and the first-line workers. So, like, you know, obviously they're going to stagger. They can't get 10 million so people dosed. What I find fascinating is where is the infrastructure in place that's going to be able to house enough vaccine to, to get around the country that can store it at minus 94 degrees Fahrenheit? Wait, what? It's got to be stored that cold? Yeah, the the yep. virus or the um, the what is it called? The vaccine. The vaccine. I was gonna say antibodies. That's not right. So the vaccine has to be stored at negative, basically negative one hundred degrees, until it's delivered. And then you've got two hours. Yeah. So you know it'll that's be, gonna be a cold shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, damn, that shit cold. Put negative 94 to get frostbite when a needle touches. Can you warm it up? Can you put it in your armpit a little bit before you? Trust me, y'all have obviously never had warts burnt off. I have. Oh, yeah. I, I have a. I have a. <laughs> <laughs> Not that place. No. Not those warts. <laughs> Not those kind. I had I one on my hand. <laughs> have one on my inner knee. Ooh, you still yeah. got two. I still have two. Ooh. Yeah. And it, that, that one. I hope you're left handed. Don't jerk off with that hand. <laughs> You never know. You never. Okay. He's a two-hander, he says. All right. All right. Double fist. <laughs> so, I, you know who's, who's absolutely, their heads are going to explode because they can't argue. Trumpers? They, no, 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 no. So, when they hear, when they hear this podcast, they are absolutely going to explode. There's going to be Facebook messaging and, and conversations is uh, Kazushi and Kyle. 
Well, when they, when first, hear neither this. of them listened to the podcast. No. <laughs> Kazushi criticized the first three. And, and like, then, dude, and then just stop like, listening. And then was like, fuck y'all. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then Kyle, he only listens to his episode. So yeah. He ain't trying to he ain't trying to listen to all. This is 35, 33? Something like that. I'll have we, to look. We'll I think this is 33. Like this is 33. I believe so. Yeah, it is. Damn. It's been, I, we've had some fun. Yeah. I've, I've been really enjoying it. I've had a blast with this. I really have. <laughs> so Jeff tell us about I, I know this is sort of a touchy subject and I, I pre-asked about this Daniel could you pay attention to me instead of you your fucking pre-asked. phone pre-asked I'm seeing what episode it was go on I already yourself. told you what episode it Damn. is I know <laughs> I'd be studying it's 33 this is episode he saw it on YouTube <laughs> <laughs> been researching he's been researching <laughs> Well, I know this is sort of a, a touchy subject, but you know you're you're currently back to not training uh, jujitsu, right? Uh, tell tell us. So I I don't I don't mean to put you on the spot. That's not my intention. <laughs> <laughs> but let me put you on the spot real quick. Well, okay. but, but I mean, like our our whole we have to have opposing opinions, or otherwise it's an echo chamber. We're just too we're just like yeah yeah, jujitsu is the best, you know, whatever. So. I agree. Jiu-jitsu is the best. <laughs> well, I agree. <laughs> Damn it. Echo chamber. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, like, we have to have, like, with if we all agree, then what the fuck are we going to talk about? Mm. So t- tell tell us about your how your feelings and your your decision-making skills and h- how you're back to not training jiu-jitsu at this moment. So, um, for- and maybe, maybe by telling this, you'll help other people who are struggling or having to make decisions that they don't love or whatever. So it's not, I'm not coming from a place of like right. being a dick. Right. So uh, recently a wise friend of mine told me something, blah, 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 blah. We all make choices and, and some choices are, and I can't remember exactly what he said, but it's true. We all have options in life and we all have choices that we have to follow and we have to make, and we have to make them based on not what, God, this is hard to say. Not what everyone else around us is doing, but what it best impacts and helps us to move forward in life. So having said that, I am literally uh, on, on a fence. And I, I do my best to walk across the top of the fence every day. And the fence is, how do I keep the store in operation? How do I keep my family safe, Steve and myself? And, your, I, and your mom. And your, Well, I, I haven't seen mom since March. Do you want to tell, you want to tell the listeners that, about your mother? Or you? So, yeah, I, I can tell you. My, my mother's in a care facility at uh, Trinity Ridge. She is a dementia patient, um, and... Uh, she still remembers me. She is still happy. She still is, uh, you know, conversational for the most part. She, uh, the way her dementia has, has, uh, has attacked her body, it's, a, it's something called failure to thrive. And if no one did anything for my mother, she would not be here. So ha- that having been said, they, she is in their total care. And they, she is absolutely at the top of the risk category for sure at, like, oh yeah at this point so we almost lost her a year ago to not covid to, to not COVID. totally to, yeah she, she just it was her time 
And then all of a sudden, mom <laughs> did the mom thing, and she's back <laughs> and arguing. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> so she didn't have any type of memory loss whatsoever with her dementia? Uh, she, she is not as, uh, she doesn't remember as well uh, things that happened five minutes ago. Okay, but, but her long-term memory. But her long-term memory is pretty good. She still remembers who I am. She still, you know, knows that I'm her son. Now, I get telephone calls, FaceTime calls with her on Mondays and Fridays. They're very kind to do that. And I could have gone and done window visits and stuff like that, and they are doing some regular visits where you can go and you can do this and you can jump through this hoop and you can sit six feet apart and you can talk to them. But my mom wants a hug. Mm. And it's really hard for me to go, Mom, I'm sorry, I can't come over there and hug you and watch her shut down. So I, I, we get the FaceTime calls. And here recently, they've been more and more and more distant. If I may interrupt, I think, I think more so than being sick. Like to me, what you just said is, is the real um, consequence of COVID-19. Thing, things like that. Like mm-hmm. folks potentially like I was, like losing everything you own, poverty, uh, abuse. Like like these are unintended consequences of this. I don't I don't it doesn't matter how you politicize it. Left, right, good or bad, like things like what you just said are the hard part of this. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you just get the flu and you get fucking better and 1% of the millions of people get the flu die, like, you could probably deal with that. It's all the other shit that goes along with it. But, too, you look at people in nursing homes that are just dealing with the isolation. Right. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? I mean? Not even the poverty part of it, just not being able to see their loved ones and, you know, what's supposed to be their golden years. Yeah, but years, both but, sides. I mean, think about yeah. the isolation. I, I hate to speak for, for how you feel, Jeff, but, I mean, like, he can't see his mom. Yeah. It's not yeah. cool, you know? Well, Continue. I'm sorry so, for interrupting. Uh, just a quick shout out to the staff at Trinity Ridge. They are testing their staff, I think, twice a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are doing everything they possibly can to keep them. So fortunately, they are in, in uh, the building, the way the building is set up is in quadrants or halls. Mm-hmm. And I cannot imagine how that staff is dealing with that because that's the only contact those residents are getting. Yeah. And that's got to be. I mean, I cry after every visit with mom because I'm, I just want to, I know she wants to be hugged and I want to be there for her and I can't. Um, so another consequence, um, I was, and again, I will qualify this by saying, I know I could have taken steps to not be where I'm getting ready to tell you I am. I told you at the beginning of the podcast that, you know, I'm an overachiever and I did the COVID-30 instead of the COVID-15. <laughs> so the first six months, um, I was making it regularly to the gym and I was I had, I had been given assignments as to what I needed to follow and how I needed to improve and how I could keep moving and stuff like this. And um, isolation is a terrible thing. Um, the, the old saying that you can't do jujitsu alone is absolutely true. I feel like I coined that phrase, by the way. <laughs> can't do jujitsu by yourself. <laughs> so the result is that um, I my, my cardio has gone to crap. Uh, my physical stamina is just 
next to zero. Uh, now, that's not to say that I still won't kick Mike Duker's ass. Hashtag fuck Mike Duker. <laughs> 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 um, but, um, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. And this second round of... Um, of, of uh, whatever this is called, and me making the choice to step away, is even worse. I, I am facing depression. Uh, yesterday, I, and I told Jason this earlier. Um, Who every, the fuck is Jason? I don't think you've ever called me Jason in my life. I call you Jason all the time. Do you? Dude. Whenever me and him are talking, he refers to you as Jason. That's weird. I feel weird mm. hearing my own name. <laughs> <laughs> Beep. Deborah, <laughs> no, I haven't heard Beebs in a while. Jason, okay, Jason, we'll go Jason. with that. Sorry. Um, so anyway, uh, I told him the other day. I said, "This is this is hard." I had a really hard day, and every fiber of my being said, "Stop." And I will tell you that, um, you know, if I believed in that, it would be really easy to do that. But I don't believe in that. When you say stop. Like, say what you really mean. Tell me. Um, so my grandfather committed suicide. My father attempted to commit suicide. And I am not going to commit suicide. But that's what I mean by stop. Man, I don't... I, I often view this podcast as almost like um, uh, therapy in some weird way. That It's just therapy that we're recording because it's just us, like, talking, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, aside from the personal aspect of that, like you're one of my best friends in the whole world, how many other people feel the same way you do? That's, that's, that's the whole Ma- thing. Maybe, they, maybe it's not jujitsu. Maybe it's, maybe it's theater. Maybe c- it's c- what whatever. the fuck ever, right? Yeah. What the fuck ever. How many other people are struggling in the same way that you are? Yeah. In the same way that I was. Man, I was on the edge like when when I for me because you know I always bring everything back to me (laughs) (laughs) I uh I said man the the possibility of getting sick is worth the risk for me personally because I can't I the the risk reward wasn't the same for me Mm -hmm. like I, I I was like well I, I'm willing to risk it. Fuck it. So I told you I walk a fence every day, and and I agree. The risk for me, I don't give a rat's ass. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, let's go. <laughs> Let me well, go the ahead. truth is, uh, I mean, you'd probably be okay. I mean, yeah, like, I probably would. I, you know, I, 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 let let me just say, I I for me and myself, I'm willing to roll the dice. However. Because I am part of a, a, an organization, because I am a, a senior manager in with, with uh, the store that I run, the Habitat Restore, and our staff is, 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 is considerably down at this point. And by staff, I mean all of my volunteers. And your volunteer pool is way above <laughs> 65. I mean, it's basically yeah. a bunch of retired. Well, most of your clientele is, too. Right? A, a good portion, yeah, of yeah. all of that. So the, the, the bottom line is, uh, if I'm out or if I contract the virus, uh, have to go be tested, have to be out for 10 to 14 days, 
as well as then my possibly my coworkers and stuff like that, then the store shuts down. And so what I what I do and and I try to be diligent about it. I don't look at how many new cases Catawba County has because they, they that's that's only part of it. Uh, what I look at is the, the the positivity rate. And when we crossed back over ten, I was like, I can't. This is the the risk ratio is, is higher than I wanted. I'm not than higher. It's higher than I'm comfortable with. And so I had to pull back out. Um, I think today is ten point six. The state is eight point six. What these these so, numbers that you're talking about? What are they? Mean? So that's the positivity rate is the percentage of per- positive cases. Percentage of so. Of all the people, of, of all the tests run today, let's say if we ran 100 tests in Catawba County, 10 of those, 10.6 of those would be positive. And that well, puts but, us in that critical. Yeah, but right. the problem with that is why, why do you get a test? Because you think you've got the coronavirus. So, like, of course it's going to be high. It, the only way no, you no, can no. get a true number is to take a, a group of 1,000 people, test them all. But you have a lot of employees that are testing everybody, too. It isn't just people who are showing symptoms. Yeah, but, I mean, who's recording these numbers, though, is what I'm trying to get at. Like, like Same who's... people that read all the votes. Huh. <laughs> 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 I'm glad we could bring some levity to this. That was pretty funny. But no, man, like, <laughs> so, I, go ahead and finish, finish what you were saying. That was I'm pretty sorry. damn funny, though. <laughs> so that's what I base it on. I, yeah. And, I, I, you know, I, are the— so are there a thousand tests per day? I don't know. Uh, are there, but the, the numbers and I, 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 being a sheep, I tend to trust the numbers and things of that nature. Well, so that's something we should, I mean, <laughs> let's not well, get into the sheep, no, sheep, no, dog, no, no. wolf. No, okay. I'm not, I'm not about that. <laughs> <Thank> but, <laughs> Jeff was just playing off of my, my yeah, yeah. the way I feel about pe- people naming themselves animals. But, <laughs> um, and I feel like you're definitely a bear, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Wouldn't you be considered that? Isn't that your yes. label? <laughs> yes, I would be a bear. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, no things about the gay community, Daniel. <laughs> Any. Well, <coughs> sheep, bear, whatever. Um, yep. I do, I think. There seems to be this sort of common commonality of the folks that I know that have uh, really, really taken COVID to heart. Good, bad, or indifferent. I'm not. I'm not saying. Yeah. You know, I have my own personal feelings about it, but there definitely seems to be this sort of rule follower uh, mentality versus the "fuck you, I won't do what you tell me" mentality. I don't know if you know which group I fall into. <laughs> But uh, that's kind being of a said, mixture of the two. I'm not a mixture I'm very of a motherfucking thing. Yeah. I'm a fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. Period. Mm. We know. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of proof of that. My belt says that. My fucking my my arrest record says that. My general strategy in life says that. Yeah. So fuck you, I'm not doing what you tell me. Anyway, it's a interesting um it's interesting to, I'm gonna live my life. <laughs> I do what I want. <laughs> it's it is interesting though that there is a commonality of the folks that I know that um that have been very careful I don't know if that's the right way to say it but the people that have taken it seriously more seriously than others have this very 
I don't, I don't mean so this negatively. What's funny is, is you could almost say we were cautious and conservative. Right. Yeah, it's kind of wow. weird. Wow, right? it goes full circle. <clears throat> but that's, I mean, you know, a very conservative approach yeah. to this Very cautious approach. But, I mean, it's weird, though. You have to admit it's odd that there's a commonality of, like, it's, I don't say odd. It is interesting that there is a sort of a general archetype for the folks that have taken this to one side. I, I hate that it's politicized. It doesn't make sense to me. But And we're going to rise up, take all your guns. <laughs> Easy. Easy. <laughs> Let's not get into that. We're debate. coming to get your guns. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> but, but, I mean, and with that, Adam just exploded. <laughs> Which one? I know, like four. <laughs> so we start talking about Kyle's, and then like if some, you know, somebody will come and shotgun a a, a fucking uh, monster. A monster drink and punch all the holes in the drywall and stuff. <laughs> It'd be a whole thing. <laughs> We're gonna. <laughs> but I will say it's, uh, it's, I I don't mean this negatively. It's folks like you that, and that that just you're like, well, that's what the government says, so that's what we do. And I I'm like the fucking opposite i'm like you have to fucking arrest me somebody will bail me out and i'll be back teaching jujitsu again tomorrow fuck you you know like i have this i mean sincerely i have this built up defiance i'm like no mm -mm, not doing that again that's out it's out I, it, you have to admit it's interesting the difference mm -hmm. in our in our personalities and our strategies it's it's interesting cool story thanks for talking <laughs> to you guys <laughs> sorry man like thanks just... for coming to my ted talk I'm just dead center of it. You know, I'm not a very defiant person by nature. I mean, you're I a lying moments. motherfucker. You'll argue with anybody Listen, for no, any just fucking you. reason. Listen, just I have you. seen your Facebook post recently. <laughs> well, you know which side I kind of stand on. But with that, so I'm not against masks. Like when I go in certain places, I wear a mask for my safety. You know, whenever I'm with certain clients, they want me to wear a mask. See, okay, I'll wear out. a mask. Go ahead. So, I don't wear a mask for my safety. Mm -hmm. I wear a mask just in case I am asymptomatic and, and save some well, no, virtue no. for the rest of us, bro. Damn right. Well, I'm sorry. I should have <laughs> I should have said that differently. Anytime I am in a, like a crowded area, then chances are I'm going to wear a mask. In here, yeah. we don't get crowded. We can space out easily. But I still have those clients that would prefer me to wear a mask, so I wear a mask. I go into Walmart or Lowe's Foods. I'm not like sitting at the front door or going Facebook Live. Saying, you see this? I'm walking in the door without a mask. Let's see somebody try to stop me. I'm not doing all that shit. But at the same time. Why are you looking at me, Jeff? Go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, if there is another mandatory shutdown, I'm not shutting down. I literally can't afford to take that hit again. So with that, it's not that I'm being defiant. It's that I'm weighing that risk-reward ratio that Bever was talking about. To me, it's not worth it. It's really not. I'll have to do what I can do. I, you know, I'm a 1099. I don't get unemployment. I can't just sit on my ass and collect a paycheck. Everything I do is chasing clients. It's trying to keep people active, trying Same. to keep people happy. Mm -hmm. And with that, like, like Beber and myself were talking about a couple podcasts before, every argument that I got into on somebody about having to shut things down to you know, flatten the curve, Every single one of them were working from home collecting a steady paycheck. And I'm like, cool, why don't you send me your paycheck, and then we'll see how you feel about it. You know, nobody was taking care of me. I took a significant hit 
Beber took a much larger hit, don't get me wrong, but I took a very significant hit at a pivotal time in the year to where I normally don't. Mm-hmm. You know, during that springtime is when we get an influx of clients. So that's where we kind of make it in the wintertime. Our clientele kind of slips away because beach season is over with, you know? Yeah. So beginning of beach season, when I'm kind of, you know, already banking on getting this big intake, they're like, oh, cool. Well, we're going to make it to where you get to text your clients their workouts <laughs> and make videos. See how you do with that. And then they were trying for months to keep gyms close. Whenever there was, I think I read three studies, but I think there was other ones that showed that there was very little to no transmission within gyms because people are moving away from each other. Nobody is sitting on the bench right next to somebody else, you know. And with ours, we got a personal training studio. You know, 5 p.m. on a Monday night, we've got seven people in six, or excuse me, 3,000 square foot upstairs. Yeah. You know, we can easily spread out to 12 or 15 feet Mm -hmm. and not be, so I don't see any issue with us being open during that time. And there's no way that my family or I can take the hit of another five weeks of sitting on my ass. I just can't do it. So very similar to what you were talking about before, I've suffered with depression my entire life. I just always have. So whenever we were talking about that five-week shutdown, I was looking at literally every other job I could. You know, every time I got, because we get paid at the beginning of the month, every time I got that, I was like, man, I can get by like, one more month. Like I was doing some side jobs here and there, you know, making a little bit on the side, mm-hmm. trying to keep things up. And that was good. And then the next month it was a little bit lower. And I'm like, man, I'm almost there to where I've got to find other employment. Like I just can't hack this. But two, once you've been doing something for as long as we have all been doing jujitsu and mm-hmm. as long as I've been doing personal trainer, that doesn't become what you do. It becomes who you are. You know what I mean? I'm not a personal trainer and a fitness expert by trade. Like, that's my lifestyle. That's Mm -hmm. who I am. So whenever I was told I couldn't even come in the gym to work out, man, I started getting deep, deep into depression with that. The only thing that kind of saved me from going back to where I used to go was that, you know, we had Raylan, so I kind of had somebody at home to – I don't want to say keep me happy, but keep my spirits up that I could play with him and spend time with him. So it was a good thing for me. You had a purpose. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely gave me a purpose besides, you know, talking to a cell phone, doing Zoom workouts or texting somebody workout or writing up programs. So, I mean, I completely understand what you're talking about as to kind of your tendency to go to the dark place. I've been there many times myself. Well, I got news for you guys. My purpose is like, being around my friends, teaching jujitsu, yeah. doing jujitsu with the people that I love. Hmm. I don't have a whole lot of family, so I, you know, I'm not I'm not some snowflake where you know I'm I'm special. I'm the only person who's ever felt this way. I don't I don't believe yeah. any of that, but I can tell you, uh, <clears throat> for me, I don't have a, a Raylan and I don't have a Steve. You know, I, I got there's plenty of people in my life that I love. I would be glad to set you up. <laughs> <laughs> you keep Steve at your house unless he's <laughs> now. I will come over if he's cooking because he, Steve's a good cook. But uh, so for me, I can totally feel you on that. I, I it's real. It was it was hard to be. Um, my isolation is probably more isolated than most people would think, especially if you if you. Mm-hmm. You take away the things that I do that are social, which are bars and jujitsu. Like, where the fuck am I going to go? What do I do? 
Well, so that I can't up. hang out with my dad. He's seventy two, and I don't wear a mask, so like yeah. I don't want to get him sick, you know. So like, so that brings up a separate topic with me. I'm kind of, I wouldn't say I'm good with that. I'm good with not having the social interaction. I'm not good with not having the action itself. You know what I mean? I'm an introvert by trade. You're an extreme extrovert. Sure. So like, you're like a plant, and people are your sunshine. <laughs> like you have well, to get that, or depression so, sets in. Well, yeah. right. So, but so here, I completely understand. Well, so here's the thing: about. it's real easy to go. Well, Bever's always happy, and he, you know, he's always, you know, upbeat. And and I and I really, I genuinely try to be. It's it's easy to say, well, you don't struggle with this or that, because it's just simply not true. Like. Mm-hmm. It's, it's easy to look at anyone else and say, well, they've got it better than me. Could be anybody. Mm-hmm. I can look at Jeff and say, well, Jeff's got it better than me. I don't know what he's bitching about or, you know, <laughs> what the fuck's Daniel crying about or I- mm-hmm. anybody. We can yeah. all do that. Yeah. The thing I look at is like, you know, all I got to go on are my own personal experiences. I know me. I know you give me a long enough time frame with not shit to do. I'm going to do some bad shit. I'm mm-hmm. probably going to drink too much i'll probably find some drugs to do i'll probably like you stretch this out long enough i'll be fucked up like for mm-hmm. sure you you this is my nature it doesn't matter who likes it or agrees or whether it's legal or elite it just doesn't matter it's mm-hmm. like this i've known me for 41 years <laughs> i know <laughs> how i am jujitsu is the thing that keeps me from being the the person i don't want to be or the i don't that's not true but it's the thing that makes it easy for me to manage, yeah. Like being a decent human being instead of a fucking drug addicted troll that lives under a fucking bridge someplace. So, like for me, I the risk of I, I would rather contract COVID and be confined in my house watching YouTube videos for a week and a half than I would be, you know, dead from a car wreck or an overdose or drink too much consecutively for six months at a time or what, what whatever the thing is you know like I don't know pick any bad thing that could happen I, it is there's a risk versus reward and it ain't always money you know like I need no. money of course but I live a pretty Spartan life so mm-hmm. my money doesn't have to be so you know it doesn't have to be exponential but what it mm-hmm. but i just need enough to like pay, pay the rent and the gas bill <laughs> that's yeah. all maybe the water too well, no like i feel you on that one unfortunately whenever you got the family like, right well you have a different yeah. scenario yeah you know, you know before me and sarah got married i didn't give two shits about it you know like i literally spent maybe a quarter of my paycheck the rest of it i either drank away or put in savings you know like i, didn't, I ain't got no savings <laughs> 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 like it wasn't necessarily the paycheck but Obviously, whenever you have a little one, you have a house, a wife, all that stuff. I'm like, man, like something's got to change. I don't know what I got to start doing to make these zeros start coming up, but I got to figure out something quick. Sure. Whereas yeah. I'm on the other end, and I'm about to time out. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Riding into the golden years. <laughs> <laughs> the golden years? Are you going to be yeah. on the fucking Golden Girls reunion? Please, God, tell me. Baby. You and Blanche. <laughs> Not to, I mean, not to go back to the morbid side, bro. Are they still alive? Uh, Betty White is. Yeah, Betty, oh, White Betty White's is, yeah. still kicking. Yeah, yeah. I think most. Well, I think two of them are. Because that show was like what early nineties. They were 90s. old men. Yeah. Well, yeah. no, they actually weren't as old as you think they were. They were made up to look old. No they, way. No, for sure. Seriously? So, yes. Yeah. The the mother was actually one of the younger ones, I think. And no um, shit, I didn't. The know mother's that. daughter. What was her name? Not Rose. Who was? Uh, 
Anyway. I watched like one episode. I'm sorry. I, I, I watched I every episode. <laughs> Dorothy. That's Dorothy. Before. Dorothy was actually older than her than her mother's yeah. character. Like yeah. in real life, the actor that played Dorothy's character hmm. was older than her mother's character. I'm pretty sure of that. That's if wild. not, they were really close. I know. They had some damn good makeup back then. Yeah. Yeah. Man, so that show is on Netflix. Uh, Hulu right now. <laughs> you just getting tired of Pornhub or what? <laughs> <laughs> I've reached the end of the internet. <laughs> Gotta go back to the stuff from maybe the I can Maybe I can combine the two, you know? Because like... Uh, Ew. <laughs> so... I got to yeah. say, one of my clients was telling me about this the other day, and I Googled Betty White when she was younger. She was hot she as fuck. She was a fox. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, but I was she's been hot since, that. like, the 30s. Yeah, I know. I, I think those pictures were from, like, the 40s or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was like, wow, well, she was a knockout back then. Also, Betty White is hilarious. Yes. Like, she was, like, a stand-up comedian, singer, actor, like, She's done everything. She is absolutely one of the most talented folks around. Mm-hmm. She is super I never knew that. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I just know that one famous line where she was talking about why uh, she didn't understand why people said you got balls when you do something tough. Something about a vagina takes a pounding and keeps going. <laughs> anyway, I got to find the exact quote. I butchered that. Uh, yeah. But cool she, was, ah, she was on some TV show. Hang on. Go, go. Keep talking. Well, Jeff uh, – I don't know. It, it makes me uncomfortable to talk about. I'm, you know what? I bet it makes everyone uncomfortable to talk about, you know, co- things that aren't pleasant, like suicide and depression and uh, alcohol abuse and drug abuse and the things that the things that drag us down. Mm-hmm. It, it it truly makes me uncomfortable, but I think it's important to have uncomfortable conversations. To kind of normalize, Daniel, if you come back in with some Betty White bullshit while I'm talking <laughs> about this, you can fuck <laughs> Come on, you get you interrupt people all the time. The exact quote is why do people say grow some balls? Balls are weak and sensitive. If you want to be tough, grow a vagina. Those things can take a pounding. And she was like in her 80s when she said that. I can believe. I'm sorry, that's hilarious. Cool story. It, please go back to your serious conversation. Well, it it is uncomfortable. I mean, I've been sitting over here just twitching and fidgeting with things and finding you know ways to not look at you guys when we talk about this and it's a it's an important subject that not just not just us three the the, the reason it's important to talk about this while it's being recorded is because there I assure you we know people who are struggling with similar issues right now for sure there's no doubt it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to revolve around jujitsu and if if maybe understanding that other people f- have similar feelings, like, you know, makes them feel not so alone. I mean, if I would call this podcast a success. Not not this episode, mm-hmm. the entirety of our podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, if it just makes one person feel like, man, you know, coach feels that way. Like, maybe I'm not so such a unique snowflake. Then, like, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, here we are, three people. The three of us, we have very different lives. We are, we, I think the only, not the only, but the, probably the biggest similarity is we are all three white and we are all three male. That's really where our similarities stop. And we do jujitsu. And mm-hmm. we do jujitsu. That's about it. We have very different lives outside of that. Yes. 
That being said, if the three of us have, if if we if the three of us agree that hey we have this similar feeling and, and problem, maybe someone else that's listening would be like, "Fuck!" If they feel like shit sometimes, maybe maybe I'm not so alone, you know. Like, listen, I'm, I'm telling you too, and everyone listening, you got. I am not always the strongest person, but if you need something, like, I'll try to help. You, you know this. You know this, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I will try to help. I'm not always successful, but if you need something, send me a message. Call me. Text me. Whatever. Like, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll fucking come try to help. I mean, I don't know any other way to say it. Mm-hmm. I will try to help. Well, I mean, just the current climate as well. Um Jeff and I, and I think you've met him once or twice. Noah, counselor, David. <clears throat> David Ziegler, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so one of the things that he was talking to me about was... Derek? You talking about Derek? No. Yeah. yeah. David. No, David. Okay. Is that mm-hmm. Derek's husband. Yeah, okay. His partner. Yeah. They were going to bring their kid to jujitsu right before... Yeah, Mally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, you'd have fun. He's a... He's a handful. I'm like, <laughs> He's awesome. Like, dude, yeah. bring him, bro. Like, but he was talking about you take somebody with anxiety issues in the first place, and you throw a pandemic at them, and that's just gonna example or kind of expand on everything. You know, it doesn't just make one aspect of the anxiety hotter. It exp- it expands all of them. And two, you look at you know 80 million Americans cross the poverty line because of the pandemic. So you throw money troubles in on top of that. 20,000 small businesses in North Carolina alone went under. You know, I mean, you've got huge instances with the medical people that we know and some of my clients. They said that they're not really seeing a lot of COVID. That was before, obviously, since we had this big mass spreader event. That's kind of changed. But before, they said that you saw a huge amount of increases in drug overdose and alcoholism coming through. You know, an attempted suicide because people didn't know what was going on. Well, and then factor in, you know, abuse, child child abuse, yeah, spouse spousal abuse, abuse, domestic abuse, domestic everything. violence. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean everybody's know. just freaking the fuck out right now. When so. you're when you're locked up with your abuser, yeah. you know, when you can't go to school oh, because yeah. because your abuser is at your house. And I don't I don't you know, who the fuck knows? Yeah. I don't know. I haven't been to grade school and <clears throat> I don't know I don't really understand well, that like is one they, of the big things about it and I talked about this on another podcast was the instances <clears throat> of child abuse actually went down because in most cases teachers are the ones who brought that to law enforcement's attention because the cops I mean the kids they don't know to tell somebody that they need help they just think they're being disciplined they don't understand that it's not okay for somebody to beat the shit out of you you ever thought about the interesting um metrics that are going to come out of this like things that you didn't think about things that you yeah. weren't you weren't like oh let me i wonder how many abusers it's going to be fascinating the next yeah. decade is going to be it really will be yeah I mean, just the statistics almost mo- morbidly yeah. interesting yeah but or, I mean, so look at the drug abuse thing you know you take somebody who and i know this is a hard drug but you take somebody who like does cocaine casually you know, like they do it on Friday, Saturday nights. They're cleaned up by Monday, back at work. You know, like cocaine's actually a pretty, like, common drug around this area, especially. But then you take it that, and they ain't got to go to work on Monday. So, like, cool, I'm just going to do a little bit on Sunday night. Oh, shit, I ain't got to go to work on Tuesday. I'm going to do a little bit on Monday night. So then you take a casual social user, 
And now, like, they're a junkie who's doing it seven nights a week just because they can't. You take the casual drinker, has a couple drinks on Friday night with their friends, you know? It's like, oh, I worked on my – or I knocked out all my online work by Wednesday, so I'm going to start drinking on Thursday. <laughs> I would, I would you say they go walking and drink on Sunday <laughs> yeah, afternoons. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, oh, least, yeah, I'm going to meet the guys we went walking. Sunday night. <laughs> we did go we did. walking. So you turn a casual user into an addict because they literally don't have shit to do. They're sitting at their house. And at the beginning of the pandemic, they were making an extra $600 a week. Yeah. That wasn't going into savings. That was going for more beer in the fridge, getting the higher well, bottle of liquor. I know? mean, Nicole sat right here and told us, you know, here she is, bartender at a strip club. Mm-hmm. And I don't, you know, I work, I used to work there too. It's not like I'm being uh, derogatory towards her job. Yeah. Uh, she, she was making eight, no, $1,300 a week to not go to work. Yeah. So think about that. Mm-hmm. I made zero mm-hmm. because I and I and I wanted to go to work. Yeah. So like, what incentive does a person who who's mm-hmm. making thirteen hundred dollars mm-hmm. a week, which is far more than she would normally make per week, working, working? Yeah. What mm-hmm. incentive does that person mm-hmm. have to want to go to work? None. That's incentive to stay home. I trained <laughs> yeah. a couple small business owners that were talking to me and like their employees was messaging them like, Hey, can we stay closed a little bit longer? Yeah, like you, I'm making more me not unloading trucks than I was <laughs> loading trucks. And they're like, well, that's awesome. But what about when that money runs out? Like I'm going to replace you. I'm not going to put you on hold. Yeah. Yeah. So you literally like, I'm not going to sacrifice my business so you can make extra money sitting on the couch. Well, mm. then there's been some interesting, I mean, literally very interesting metrics that, I, w- I had never thought about prior and I would never have been like, Oh, let me, well, no, I mean, this is a, the cool part that came out of all of this, like the one silver lining you can look at, especially in my industry was the creativeness that people got into, you know what I mean? So like the online personal training picked up, you know, the video series picked up, you know, a lot of different industries found other ways of doing things, even with the school. You know, now they do Zoom classes. They do online classes. They had to yeah, plan all I that, would. which, granted, that's it's absolutely not, it's terrible. It's not working. Just no, so you know, it's no, not it's working. not working. Mm-mm. I was talking to one of my teachers, and she said that colleges, they're like, yeah, we're not even looking at GPAs this semester. It's not even colleges. I mean, so uh, one of my friends, she's got uh, two kids, one in mm-hmm. junior high and the other in high school. <laughs> How does a parent – how does a parent know if your kid logged into your Zoom classes? So she she got a, a notice from the school like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna assign you a truant officer. Your kid hasn't logged in in three days. We're like, you got to fucking go to work to pay for the place and the stuff for this kid to live, yeah. right? So now you're gonna be in trouble because your <laughs> adolescent fifteen year old doesn't yeah. want to fucking go to school. What fifteen year old wants to go to school? Yeah. I, I skipped every chance I got. I was like, cool. No teachers around. Bye. I'm out. I'm out. I'm over at Checkers well, eating fucking burgers and shit. So I mean, it, that's not in a pandemic, you know? Yeah. And granted, like nothing's gonna be perfect on the first try. You know, I know a lot of teachers and they're working their ass off to try to make this as close I'm as possible. Saying, but we're in the first semester of like the full lockdown. You know, whenever the lockdown first started, they had like I think three weeks till the end of the semester. So they kind of just, you know, like, all right, screw it. No, this shit's going to count. Well, I'm not saying, I'm not saying the teachers are at fault. I'm just saying how to, how to fucking, Oh, it's a screwed system. You get a bunch of defiant kids that don't want to fucking sit in front of a screen. Listen, Rachel had, Rachel had an interview 
with so she was potentially going to get a job with the U.S. Post Service, Post Postal Service, which she had been employed with before. They scheduled her for like a, a group Zoom meeting that was eight hours long on a Saturday. Oh my God, that's an adult. How, who the that's fuck? Ridiculous. How are you going to Daniel, Jeff? As adults, you're going to be on an eight-hour Zoom meeting? Mm-hmm. Get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, can't do it. What kind of job interview is eight hours long Putting anyways? fucking mail in a slot. Put these, put these pieces of mail in this box. That's what the fuck it is. How, how hard is working at the post office, you think? I don't think it would be very I difficult. I know like five posts. We, we need James. <laughs> That's my point, right? <laughs> oh. James is a Marine. If that oh. motherfucker can do it, <laughs> crayon eating mother. You wouldn't know. <laughs> you wouldn't know because you don't come to class. Fuck okay, off. Okay, he's one of the oh, people. No, no, no. Don't be you picking on my. No, not, <laughs> no, I can't allow it. I so, give all the Marines hell. I'm like, so let's switch gears and and talk uh, jujitsu because we got two. I want to gossip. Let's do it. I want to gossip about the team. Let's do it. And then I, we've got to talk about the big ass jujitsu party. Okay, yeah, I love it. Oh, I mean, thank you for getting us back on track because I was, I was, I was <laughs> Listen, going down. I was the rabbit about hole. to have to jump. Yeah, Jeff was <laughs> like, "Okay, I gotta go." <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think we're still talking about February. Big ass jujitsu party. Big ass jujitsu yes, party. February. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sixth is that the date that we had? I don't know. Sixth or eighth? I don't remember. Yeah, something like that. So it's going to be earlier this year. Yes, because uh, TC had something. He has uh, Bridget and uh, Ryan coming in the following week. Yeah. So um, it is a huge, wonderful, fun, huge, day, huge. Uh, it is the best uh, jujitsu event on the East Coast, hands down. Hands down. Yep. Listen, folks. <laughs> people have studied it there's there's studies it's the best the best jujitsu event on the east coast it's it's, it's a fact it's a fact <laughs> so it, and it, it really is a super deal uh how much are we charging again we ain't we ain't even got to that part yet oh yeah so it's uh i think it's 30, 30 it was 30 last yeah, year so it'll yeah, probably be right around it'll be 30 this year too I have spoken. <laughs> I mean, let me you, let me write this down. Deal for this. <laughs> so, yeah. Since I'm the one that takes the money, there, there. Yep. So, thirty bucks. Thirty Done. bucks. So thirty bucks gets you a full day of jujitsu with about sixty different jujitsu practitioners and friends. Uh, maybe more. Maybe more. Yeah, yeah. So th- this year we're gonna do what we did last year. The uh, the premise of super fights. Uh, I was not for it last year, but it really turned out kind of cool. It well, was kind of fun, right? For the yeah, ones it was, that showed up. Yeah, well, it, it was kind of the three cool. that we had were were yeah. they they went well. Yeah, they went real well. I mean, so I was just shocked at that little blonde kid who <laughs> I was like, what? The Devin hell? Stevens, yeah. shout out hashtag yeah. Devin Stevens, Devin Ashigrami. If you're on uh, Devin, uh, I want I think it's Devin <laughs> Ashigrami on uh, Instagram. But yeah, he just put a whooping, and I was like, "Okay, yeah, he's a good grappler." Yeah, yeah. absolutely, he is. Uh, and then uh, <laughs> my man Drew, who R.I.P. Drew, R.I.P. Oh, Drew. Drew. We need to we need to pour one out for Drew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one for my homies. Um, but yeah, it's it's a spectacular event. We have uh, some seminars that are going to be taught as well, just like we have done in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those uh, little mini seminars very informative. Yeah, because uh, I don't know if you like chose them or if people just jumped in on your what, but you got a nice wide array. It wasn't like five people teaching closed guard. No, you know we, what I mean like they we, spread it out, you, or you spread it out, y'all spread it out. 
pretty well. I mean, you had some coyote guard, you had some bottom half guard, you had a lot of varying ideas from, I think every single one of them was from a different affiliation. Right? It was. Yeah. Yeah. We had, uh, 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 this is our third year. This will be, this will be the third. This yeah. will be our third year. You know, my memory is terrible. Some, sometimes they run together, but, um, we, we, we strive to have, very different it's not like the the phoenix show yeah it's like how can it's the friends of phoenix show mm. you know the the michael allens the eddie allens the nicole hunts the tc's the terrell's the little d i mean you know we just try to yeah bobby mcmasters yeah, yeah bobby Horse. you know we just try to try to try to we want to highlight something other than what we do I mean, because you already get what we do, you know? Like, you come to our class, like, you're going to get my instruction or Dee's instruction. used to be maybe you would get some of Daniel's instruction. Not anymore. But R.I.P. Daniel. Come to the morning Daniel. class, you get a little bit. <laughs> no. Come to the morning class, you get Daniel arguing with me. That's what you get. That's my instruction. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing a whole DVD series. <laughs> All the ways Bever is not 100% correct. That would be a good DVD. <laughs> that would be a. I know about ten people that would buy that. Shit. Yeah. Well, uh, so can I tell our secret? Tell it for the big ass jujitsu party this year. We're trying to get the Silver Fox. Do you hear that Silver oh, Fox? Shit. You need to come down. You need to come visit. You can stay at my place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, probably like it better than my place. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'd move the dogs out. I would, I would like the dogs out. I would put the dogs, I'd vacuum I'd put the dogs in my car just for a silver fox. And be like, you can just have their room. Yeah. Give them a little stuffed silver fox. And I'd do a whole thing. Um, so the, I guess we should probably tell the listeners about the big-ass jiu-jitsu party. So, well, not everyone knows. Okay, right? go ahead. So every year. In the recent, in the past few years, I mean, so February 1st is Phoenix Jiu-Jitsu's anniversary. Mm-hmm. This February 1st will be our fifth year anniversary. Well, that's a pretty big accomplishment. Mm-hmm. It's a big milestone. And, and the three of us, like the three of us sitting here are like original Phoenix members. Oh, geez. That's pretty, that's pretty awesome, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, it fills my heart with pride to like think about that. But at any rate. Um, are you crying? I'm not crying. You're crying. Shut the fuck up. Every time, like on February 1st, the first picture we ever yeah, took in jiu-jitsu pops up in my memories. I had to pay. I'm like looking and like counting. <laughs> like, who's still coming? Exactly. There were nine people here, and I had to pay yeah. four of them. <laughs> and we never saw them again. Never saw them yeah. again. That's not true, but some of them. Occasionally they'll show up for an open mat. Well, some of them some aren't of them. welcome yeah. at the open mat. Oops. So, uh, so, <laughs> so the uh, big ass jiu-jitsu like, party is a fundraiser. Yes. Are you gonna let me talk? I don't ever get to talk on this podcast. <laughs> well, so our anniversary is February first. This this year will be our fifth anniversary. We come up with this idea. The first year, the fundraiser was for yours truly. My friends uh, devoted a bunch of their time and effort into helping further my adventure in new york city and i'm eternally grateful and so in return my hope is to never get charity in that way again and we'll give proceeds to like places that that deserve it and so last year was um 
JM's uh, Refugee Jitsu, which I always call Refugee Jiu-Jitsu. It's totally wrong. JMSmith.org and DiscipleDojo.org and all the things. This year, we're going to – I've made an executive decision. All of the uh, proceeds uh, will go to We Defy, which is a charity that is um, – they sponsor uh, veterans. They, they try to find – veterans that are struggling with um, injuries, whether they be psychological or physical, they try to match veterans with um, jiu-jitsu gyms. And so... Well, they sponsor them too, right? Right. They pay dues and encourage them to go. So our donation will go towards them literally paying for veterans who are injured or disabled to find jiu-jitsu. It buys their uniforms. It pays for their uh, their tuition, their private lessons. What the fuck ever? Like, man, that's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. I'm, like, stoked about this. And so, continue, Jeff. That's our, that's our, that's our, that's our pitch. Just be there. Well, in the, <laughs> in the coming months, so. Well, right, I don't have any other details yet. Well, we don't have any details. We need to get on this. <laughs> other than so with the last one. Other than Silver Fox, you're mm-hmm. needed. I'll tag him in this. Yeah. We'll post it. I'll tag him. So, like last year, we had the coffee bus. Yeah. Um, oh, what is the name of it? It literally just blanked out. Coffee bus? Taproot. Uh, Taproot yeah. coffee parked out front. Um, we had a couple other. Oh, speaking of which, interesting. So, Malachi, the, the gentleman that owns Taproot Coffee, he had been like, hey, man, I'm thinking about coming to jujitsu because I get coffee at his place every, mm-hmm. every, yeah, at least two or three times a week. I'd left there one day and he was like, Man, I'm thinking about coming to jujitsu. I'm like, well, come on, bro. Like, you know, just come, come to jujitsu. Sent me a text literally as I was walking in here. Uh, I'm gonna be at class Monday morning. I'm like, cool, man. We'll see you then. So, so one yeah. of our former sponsors is gonna is a student here yeah. officially tomorrow. That's pretty cool. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Continue. Yeah, and what else do we have? We had uh, so uh, Toro, uh, Toro BJJ Toro sponsors some stuff, stuff, which is uh, also Kate's side. Yeah. Um, Rachel made like some ranked bracelets. Yeah. Or so she donated some. Or something. <laughs> they weren't ranked. They were pretty good. <laughs> I meant ranked as in like oh, belt ranked. So ranked bro. <laughs> <laughs> it, it should be noted that all of the. I'm uh, with you, babe. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> all of the presenters of information are, uh, they do this completely for free. Like we don't pay anybody anything. Yeah. They simply donate their time and their knowledge for whatever cause that we're collecting money for. Mm. Even if you don't give a fuck about the the, the, the place that we're collecting money for, mm. if nothing, like you couldn't spend thirty dollars and get seven hours of entertainment anywhere else. I mean, you just couldn't. There's t-shirt giveaways and. Uh, you know, like uh, raffle prizes. It's it's it's. Is that right? Door prizes, door not prize, raffle prizes. Prize. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's just like a really good value. But on top of being a good value, a hundred percent of the income goes towards whatever charity we're at. Mm. So unlike a lot of places, really, like, well, we'll we'll cover our expenses. No, we get donations mm. to cover the expenses, and and then even. Like if we we try not to overspend our donation budget, mm. so that even then, if 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 we've collected a thousand dollars in donations to put this on, 
and we only spend three hundred, we give seven hundred plus whatever we took in to mm-hmm. the to the charity. It's like truly uh, altruism, altru- altruistic, altruistic. Yes, yep. it is. Thank and you. there's also food and beer. Yep, food and beer. Food, beer, yep. uh, jujitsu. What the fuck else do you want? Yeah, sure. I don't know. Jeff, listen, I want you to know, if you ain't sh- mainlined this stupid virus by February, you're fucking coming to the big-ass jiu-jitsu party. Uh, to quote one of my favorite people, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> I'll come abduct you. You're going to the big-ass jiu-jitsu party. <laughs> so I had something I was going to say. Oh, yeah. So I heard a rumor. Last year, if it's about uh, me, it is not true. I promise. <laughs> so, if it's about me, there's a really good chance it's true. <laughs> so last year, Chandler did this thing where he did 30 rolls as a fundraiser, as a as an as a, oh, an aside. Yeah. And I am here to tell you that his hair was falling like out. Clumps that was of his so fucking weird hair to me. <laughs> And so, if you looked at him, like he looked like he died at like 22. <laughs> and his wrestling instinct just kept his blood moving for the rest of it. So what I have heard is that he's going for 50 rolls this year. God, Holy shit. He's talking about five-minute rounds, too. Yeah, it was – It was. I'm not sure who almost I, four hours. I'm not sure who I heard say that. <laughs> but wow. We won't name names. That's awesome, Chandler. <laughs> Okay, Chan. Speaking of mainline, we're going to get some IV bags for him. <laughs> the gauntlet has been thrown down. Well, we're definitely going to have. Uh, I'm in the process of putting together some uh, super fights. I know for sure I've got definitely one on the books. We've got. Um, Can we say who? Yeah. Release the names. Well, uh, preemptively, we've got Nicole and her friend Lakin, who are both black belts and both women. Oh shit. And, uh, it should be a bar burner. They're they're friends, so it's it's friendly. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like they they don't like each other. Um, I'll probably I'll probably throw my hat in the ring and try to get somebody to. I, I think I might call out Vernon in a game match. You know, he Ooh, he, he sort of because like he you know he he is a judo. Black so wait a minute, what's the guy that laid on you his name? Get him up here. I don't even remember his name. <laughs> I mean, he's welcome, dude. I'll mm-hmm. I'll do that again. Yeah, right. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not scared of that. We're gonna make it longer than six minutes, though. We're gonna make it way longer than six minutes. Well, so we should talk about this. Like our rule set is gonna be a little different. It's we have to find we have to find a, a rule set that is not like serious grappling. So EBI. Now I, I ten think ten minute with overtime rounds. I, I think we're simply gonna do ten minutes sub only. If there's no winner, it's a draw. It's a draw. Yeah. If you don't sub somebody, also just pars. Yeah. yeah. Pars rules. Yeah. And in, in the gi, it's IBJJF rules, and no gi, it's or whatever could, the fuck you, you know, want. Or do like the Roman, and <laughs> thumbs up or thumbs down. Well, that becomes a popularity contest. That's the problem with that. Yeah. People aren't objective. They don't like, like Bevers, so they're going to go against up. him. <laughs> He's going to get the thumbs down. <laughs> you know you're going to get the thumbs down. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, you know, you can't call something sub only and then it not be sub only. Right. Mm-hmm. You can't win on an advantage when there aren't advantages. So do you think that would be an issue with going no time limit sub only? I think it would take all fucking day sometimes. Yeah. Really? Well, yeah. I mean, only four matches? You think that would all We might have more. That? I don't yeah. know. I'm going to try to put as many on as I can. Oh, okay. Not, not, not as many, but, you know, like, what, what are you shaking your head for? This is palsy. This is audio. <laughs> I'll call the motherfucker out. I'll be like, what the fuck are you doing over there? You got to pee? What are you, why, why are you getting up? 
<laughs> well, how many do you think we should have, Jeff? Um, I think we had four last year. Well, we had a lot more than that scheduled. Had a lot more than that. A lot canceled. Yeah. I think there was like six on the books. Yeah. Well, for sure, I'm not even inviting. Like, I'll have to look at the schedule. Okay. You yeah. have to make don't a schedule first. To, don't be saying who you ain't going to be inviting. Don't, no, no, I'm not inviting. inviting you're I'm, inviting everybody. Nope. Well, I, I'm inviting everyone, but I won't put any of the people that canceled, any of the, the teams that canceled last, last year. They're, they've proven yeah. to be super fight and mini seminars. Yeah, like it just yeah. they're un, they're yeah. they're not dependable. So right. we'll have to just well, go around. It was that. snowing. Well, I mean, that was few people. It was it was snowing. <laughs> that was few people though. It'd be easy to work around them. Sure. Yeah. yeah I mean, I mean, I, we've got so many different <laughs> options yeah, in this area. You know, within a hour and a half drive, we've got a ton of options. So it won't be hard to replace. Well, I don't mean it. I don't mean to say. Every, we're gonna invite everybody. Don't worry. Everyone is everyone's invited, invited for sure. I'm just saying, like, let's give, let's let's spread it out. So we've had, you know, let, I'm gonna I'm gonna approach a different pool of folks to come mm-hmm. teach or compete. Mm-hmm. Like, can't. Last year, I tried to focus on Western North Carolina, which I thought was a good plan, and it didn't. It, that didn't pan out. So let's let's just broaden it to like North Carolina, mm-hmm. like you know. Who knows who could – there might be some pretty interesting people show up. You can't ever tell. Yep. I agree. Why does Sorry, echo all, chamber. What are you doing over there all – I'm stretching my arms because they hurt. Okay? There. You want me to – I'll make them hurt. <laughs> I think you – I think you part of the reason. Might be. <laughs> all right. Well, so big-ass jiu-jitsu party. February – let me get the right date. Hold on a second. Let me look at my calendar. Daniel's got to go pee. He's yep. trying real hard to make it out like he don't have to pee, but <laughs> dude definitely has to pee. Gotta get a beer too. That'll be 2021, right? Shit. <laughs> yeah, February 6th, I think is the is the unofficial official date. Yep, I, I agree. What are we gonna do, Jeff? We're gonna. What do you mean? I mean, man, super hard to plan shit right about now. <laughs> It's <laughs> absolutely super hard to plan shit. Well, we're just going to do our best. Yeah, we're going to do our best. We're going to walk the fence. Let's walk the fence. You know, uh, we were talking, Jeff and I went to lunch earlier. We went to snacks earlier after our walk. <laughs> we <laughs> and, went uh, to drinks earlier. We went to drinks earlier, but we got some cheese sticks. Um, <laughs> you mentioned that your that your store is sort of enforcing this mask policy and uh a lot of places are and it's actually a, a government mandate from the state of north carolina the governor of north carolina i should say um actually the health director well at the behest of our governor who has made it a um what's the word a uh i don't know no the governor can make a thing but it's not really a law it's like right. a mandate uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, order. A governor's order. order. Yeah. Well, so, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, just blank on that. Regardless. Um, An executive order. Executive order. That's right. <laughs> Your business has had to uh, basically have bouncers <laughs> in oh. an interesting way. Bouncers. And our business has had to do all sorts of things. Uh, we have uh, storage trailers out back that we store incoming donations. 
We then have a sanitizer disinfectant spray that everything gets uh, covered in uh, before it comes into the store. And that's after it comes out of the three-day isolation. Uh, we have, you have to isolate products. Yes. Wow. COVID, because COVID. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> no way. I thought maybe they had cold and flu on them. I didn't know. Well, they do got that. Too. There's no such thing as co- cold and but flu. This, right now. But this, but the uh, <laughs> the transform sanitizer that we get uh, kills all of that, and so we do that as a precaution. We then clean them up and mm-hmm. stage them on the floor. Now, so we've also had to. Uh, put up the screens and stuff like that. Uh, but instead of doing plexiglass, we discovered that we had windows that we could use. And I'm like, yeah, we could do that. And it Donated fine. windows. Donated from, from windows, construction. Yeah. They yeah. just put the windows up in front of the... In front of the register. In front registers. of the registers. <laughs> but, now what, but now what happens is people open the windows and go, hey. No, <laughs> and they <laughs> take a message. They're like, what y'all got going on in there? <laughs> so, <laughs> you got to admit, there is an interesting thing that happened culturally i'm not talking about at the restore i think you and i went we went someplace me and you went out for someone's birthday this has been several months ago we went to some restaurant and the waiter comes up to us he's got a mask on he pulls his mask down to tell us about all the things that are special and then he puts his mask back up and then the rest of us talked and then he pulls his mask down to tell us why we're fucking stupid and we can't have this beer or that beer or they're out of this thing or that thing or whatever. Then he puts his mask back up and then we tell him, and I'm like, why the fuck is this guy wearing a mask? Like what? This doesn't make sense to me. It was a little place off of Springs road. Was it? I, I think, think so. it was the place over on 127. Uh, what was the, the bootleggers? I think it was bootleggers. Okay. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. But how, how I mean, but every you ever anywhere you go, you see people pull their mask down and talk, and then put it back. Yeah, but you're trying to put logic to this thing. There's no logic there. So yeah, everybody's walk, everybody's walking the fence. They're trying to find that way forward. Mm-hmm. You're not wrong. But I'm just saying it makes me laugh. I'm just like, bro, just take it. Just either leave it on or leave it off. Don't fucking do this weird shit to me. <laughs> Continue. I'm sorry. So you got windows that you guys open so we, and no, pull we your don't. Mat- uh, no, we don't. <laughs> Y'all put up screen doors. What was it? <laughs> <laughs> on the submarine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, this shit's funny. You know it was. No, it ain't funny. Okay. <laughs> Y'all are killing me. So you take your, your screen door. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we have uh, we have to clean the buggies, uh, you know, the, the shopping carts. We have to have all of that stuff as well. And Is that stuff mandated or is it just your like the company policy. It's a little of both. Um, so because they don't know exactly, because science and the translation of science uh, it comes in many different forms these days, they don't know where the virus is. They don't know how much is on surfaces uh, and all of that. And so that's why we do all of these extra precautions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the really cool thing that we just did uh and I kind of liked it, uh, is we installed um, I-Wave plasma units in all of our uh, uh, heating or air conditioner units. What is that? It's, um, it ionizes the um, air particles. Uh, it's it, both positive and negative, and they yeah. attach to different viruses and stuff like that and kill them up in the uh, air conditioning awesome. system. I'd like to see the science behind yeah, it. Yeah, me too. 
I wish I were like the ionized salesman right now, because you could you you go, knock a say. fucking home run. Because they started selling that ionized water <laughs> a while back, and then science was like, yeah, this is bullshit. That's I water. mean, but think about it, though. Right now, like, man, if yeah. you were in the sales of, like, mm-hmm. it, anything like health, you're like, yeah. chachi. Why not, like, the Bring little, the catcher. Is that, like, similar to the ozone filters? I don't know. Because I, uh, I know that those were like the air scrubbers or whatever you'd see had like well, the yeah, ozone yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, these yeah. do not produce ozone. Oh, gotcha. So yes. Okay. Now, so the the really fun one, and I'm going to say it is the electrostatic fogger sprayer. Covers yeah. up your farts. Well, no, it just it's yeah. so. It, again, it it ionizes. Uh, particular particulate, uh, size droplets of disinfectant spray so and then you can spray it and fog it out into the room but because it's uh, because it's now positively or negatively uh charged instead of just landing on a surface it envelops a surface which is way cool but those those, it's like a bug bomb so cool bro (laughs) but those we don't know if it helps but it's so cool but those were eighteen hundred dollars i was about to say everything you just said sounds expensive (laughs) yeah (laughs) I'm trying to guess prices as you're talking. I'm like, damn. I got some Lysol. That's what I'm saying. Disinfectant wipes. You know, Lysol is now going for like $22 a can. Well, so I will tell you this. You know, Phoenix has always been a very clean place. Like, we, I'm a little bit OCD about certain things. And uh, I just took my OCD to another level. We have like a, a standard operating procedure on cleaning. We do a daily cleaning, a weekly cleaning, and a quarterly cleaning. All that being said, went to the went to the store the other day. I feel like it's such a dickhead. I feel like the biggest douchebag ever. So go to the store. I, I like made a little list of stuff that the academy needs, right? And I'm like, well, we need Clorox wipes, and we need some, you know, uh, I don't know, germ spray, you know, what multi-surface cleaner. We need paper towels we need bleach we need we need like some water because we're out of water bottled water and then i like put all this shit in my cart and i'm like i look like a fucking dickhead prepper i look like the (laughs) fucking asshole that everybody else is mad at for buying all the shit that people need and it's exemplified because you're not wearing a mask yeah i'm like hey guy can you take my money i I got cash i'm not using these fucking cards you know so my question is where did you find lysol wipes well i did not i actually (laughs) didn't find so i had on my list clorox or lysol wipes didn't find them. They're not. They're, they're nowhere to be found. They are nowhere. I, I did find some sort of off-brand multi-surface kills ninety-nine point nine percent germs, and I'd already bought like um, a good bit of hand sanitizer. And uh, you know, I read I read this article at BJJ Eastern European or some some fucking ridiculous website. That said, uh, you know, top ten signs to tell that you train at a at a at a good academy, hmm. and it was like, are the mats clean daily? And I'm like, well, check. You know, do you have uh, hand sanitizer readily available at several stations? Check. And I, and I went through this whole list, and I was like, well, if I ain't got those things, we're not going to be successful. And so I've like worked hard to make sure that we always have those things. And it's been, I mean, you know, in five years, we've never. It doesn't matter pandemic or not. Like I'm like, well, we need 
you should have hand sanitizer. <laughs> the mats should be clean every time you fucking get on them. Uh, yeah. There shouldn't be gobs of hair and other people's blood like all over the place. And well, it's like that meme that was floating around all the BJJ Facebook sites, you know, like grapplers during Corona, everybody's out there rolling. <laughs> Grapplers during ringworm, everybody's wearing hazmat <laughs> yeah. suits and avoiding yeah. the shit. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> interestingly enough, uh, in the history, in the five year history, and I, I'm knocking on wood because we could totally blow this tomorrow, but like we've never had, we've, I, as far as I know, in the five years that we've been at Phoenix, there's never been a case of ringworm, hmm. period. I, can you think of one? No. Can you think of one? Nope. We had one case of MRSA, but, you know, MRSA is everywhere. You, yeah. don't, you don't know if you get it here or there, but, like, that particular student mm-hmm. stayed out and got themselves clear and was and came back. And they their, their version of MRSA was um, <coughs> sort of like a really typical, it doesn't only happen to grapplers. Like, uh, he cut his cuticle back too far, mm-hmm. and it got infected, and mm-hmm. he just developed MRSA. And it's not like... Like that has happened. So it came from one of the million surfaces <laughs> right. he touched. And that it day. and it has yeah. a specific name. I mean, it's so common that it's not like, oh, you got that at jujitsu. It's like a like yeah. a thing that happens often. I don't know the mm-hmm. name of it. So there was, we there was that time you gave me shingles. You yeah. fucking gave me shingles, you <laughs> asshole. Hmm. Then one of y'all gave it to Rob within the same week. So. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, yeah. I got news for you. I I had shingles when I was what thirty eight. Which is really uncommon because I was super young to have shingles. Let me tell you, it's the worst experience I've ever fucking had. You had it the week before me, right? Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. is crazy because he just didn't come to class at all. He's like, I got shingles. Yeah. And the the best way I can describe I had so, shingles on the. You only had it for a week? No. It's I had about it a two a week, week earlier. Yeah, it's about a two week. Oh, thing. okay. Gotcha. I didn't know how long it lasted. From start to finish, it's about two weeks. Gotcha. Sucked. Okay. Let me describe my shingles experience because it is fucking terrible. Mm. I had had for like two weeks prior to developing actual shingles, I had had these really interesting, and and I say interesting in the most negative possible way. I, I was having these spells of like dizziness and um, what's the word? Uh, oh, vertigo. Vertigo. Mm. Yeah. And, That's right, and yeah, I, I and that, I yeah. went to I went to ear, nose, and throat. And at the time, I worked for a, a big company, and I had good insurance. And they were and my boss suffered uh, very extreme cases of vertigo, and there was no cure. He just he. So when I texted him, I was like, "Man, I'm not coming into work. Here's my problem." He's like, "Man, listen, go to the ENT guy. If you have any problems, you call mm-hmm. me." Because you know he could sympathize because it's it's terrible. I literally yeah. woke up. I, I woke up and could not walk. I mean, I was smashing mm-hmm. into things. Like, I was walking sideways. It was fucking weird. Yeah. <clears throat> and then it would just randomly go away. And I went to the ENT guys, and they ran up, ran me through all these tests, and they didn't come back with nothing. It was just, they, mm-hmm. don't, they don't know. The following week, I was supposed to go to Atlanta for some training stuff. On a, I was supposed to go to Atlanta Sunday night on... Friday night, I had what I thought was like poison ivy on the back of my right hand. It just it just looked like poison ivy. I was like, man, that kind of itches a little bit. Saturday morning, it it developed even further, and I really thought it was poison ivy. And I was like, oh, but I kind of like had a flu. I, I had like a fever, and I didn't feel real great, but I wasn't like incapacitated. And then Sunday night, this shit blowed up, and it, I mean, it looked like the back of my hand 
had been gnawed off by a fucking beaver. I mean, it was just a raw, bloody mess. It was fucking terrible. The best, the best way I can describe it is imagine taking, um, in this case, my hand, because it was on my hand, but a lot of people get it on their trunk or their mm-hmm. face. Take your hand and stuff it in a hornet's nest and leave it there. And just, like, rummage it around. Like, make sure that all the hornets are really fucking mad, <laughs> right? And get them to sting you on the back of the hand. And then pull it out. And the only way you can figure to, like, get the hornets to go the way is to set your hand on fire. <laughs> so then pour some gas on it. Set your hand on fire. So now you've got these hornets that are on fire and going away, but your hand is on fire. So you're like, well, how do I put this fire out? Find some poison ivy and grab it <laughs> and, like, rub it into this open, burnt wound and make sure that you get all the poison ivy juices in there. That's the best way I can describe tabbing Dude. shingles on your right hmm. hand. Am I lying, Jeff? Nope. It's fucking terrible. So and you the, had it on your shoulder, right? I had it my whole left arm. God damn. <laughs> See, my sister had it whenever she was really young, like four or five. Oh, wow. She got it in between her shoulder blades on her back. And because she was so young, she just scratched the shit out of it. Yeah. So now it looks like she got hit with a shotgun sure. with a closed choke on it. I yeah. mean, the wow. scar on her back is probably every bit of a quarter to a half an inch deep. And, I mean, it literally spans probably a four-inch area. Wow. But my other sister, Lisa, actually suffered from vertigo for a couple of years straight. And her doctors put her on this stuff called antivert. That was the name of the medication. One of the side effects on it was dizziness, which I thought was fucking hilarious. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I will say, so bringing it back around, um, I had to go to Atlanta for some training for like four days. And uh, so Sunday night, I go to the the, what, the urgent care, mm-hmm. and I, they're like, "Oh, you got shingles. Here's this medicine. Like, you, so they give you, you like a cream, up. or is it like a pill? You they take, gave me. Or? It's basically herpes medicine. They give you herpes pill because mm-hmm. uh, all that stuff is a virus that's never ever not in your body. So like, if you've ever had chickenpox, yeah, the virus for shingles is still in your body. So do you know what exacerbates it? What makes stress? It like? Stress, whether mm-hmm. it be Mental or physical stress. And as it turns out, so I have arthritis in my right hand. I forgot about that. And, and you I, had the torn bicep. And I was literally, yeah, okay. I was going through, literally I was like two weeks into my separation from my ex-wife. <laughs> so there you go. There's enough stress and physical yeah. stress for your right hand to get all fucked up, right? God, so God. I come back from, I, I wrapped it up with a gall and I wrapped it up and then I wrapped it up with an ace bandage to make it seem like my wrist was sprained <laughs> while I was at this training <laughs> seminar where I had to use my right hand like a whole lot. I didn't want all these people to see this big pus oozing <laughs> raw wound on my right hand. And it's not contagious. Well, or no, but, but yeah, depends I, on so who we'll, we'll talk about that. Oh, yeah. Okay. So anyway, I come back and I go see my, my regular care doctor and he was like, oh yeah, bro, you're you've got shingles for sure. And I was like, yeah, I know that. Can you help me? He was like, well, here's this cortisone shot. So the, so the shot sort of cleared up the, the skin portion the of topical it. topical issue, yeah. yeah. And he, was, he gave me some more medicine. He was like, other than this, this is all I can do. He was like, but um, it's definitely, it definitely comes from stress. And, and like it, you, if you've had chicken pox, then it's a virus that's still in your spinal, spinal column and this will happen. Sometimes, like when it flares up, and I was like, okay. Well, I started telling him about these dizziness episodes and stuff, and he's like, oh, have you been, have you been to the EMT, the EMT 
and my primary care are, are linked. They, they're from the same group, group right? So that he started looking at the things, and he was like, oh, well, right there you go. You were having, literally I had a, um, according to him, I had a stroke in my inner ear, which is caused by, because it was on the same side as my hand, which was caused by this virus that it fucked with my inner ear enough to where my inner ear had a stroke to try to get rid of this, which then translated to like, oh, it didn't get rid of it. Let's, you get shingles on your right exactly. fucking hand. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean. You can have a stroke in your inner ear. You can ear. have a stroke anywhere. Like, you, you, people think of a stroke as only a thing that incapacitates your brain, but that's not that's not how it is. Like, particular body parts can have a uh, an unwillful spasm that, that is considered to be a stroke. And so, as it turns out, the vertigo was like a precursor to my experience with uh, shingles. shingles. Damn. And then Jeff had it, what, like the week before? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was horrible. It's fucking terrible. It's the worst thing ever. <laughs> yeah, there's there's no sleep. There's no there's no position. There's no. It's just okay. It's gonna so did you have the topical stuff too, or I had topical. I had the cortisone shots. So what I'm saying, like you had the open sores oh, over yeah. your entire arm, all down the back and all over the front. Oh God, it is. It's oddly painful but itchy at the same time, right? Yeah. So my ER visit was on the fourth of July, and uh, they are more concerned about what they're going to do for fireworks than they are with helping people. <laughs> and the uh, little doctor comes in and he goes, "Oh yeah, yours. Is, yeah, you you've got uh, poison ivy. Poison ivy." I'm like, "Okay." So it looks very similar to poison ivy. I'm guessing. It looks okay, a lot good. like poison ivy. But what it does Dang. is it follows a nerve root. And, and traces. And so that's why, you know, they talk about if it if it connects. Yeah. That it's really bad. Really? Yeah. Because it's, it's cutting off the entire nerve. Yeah. Oh, damn, man. So I don't want to do that again. Yeah, I imagine not. Is that something that, like, could pop up in the future again? Or is it one of those, like, chicken pox, like, you have it and you kind of got past nope. it? It's always there. Really? So they have developed a shingles vaccine. Of course they have. <laughs> <laughs> so when'd you get that? I haven't yet. <laughs> I haven't yet. <laughs> gotcha. I'm going to do, I, so can you give me the super vaccine combo? Yeah, I know. Like, what other vaccines you got in the closet back there? You know, experimental shit you can put in this cocktail? Yeah, so I, it's funny. I did do the flu shot this year, mm. which is highly, un, it's just not like well, me. Apparently the flu is very down this year so you ain't got too much to worry about thank you yeah <laughs> <laughs> thank god oh, i don't know if that's true or not i read it on facebook so i'm assuming it's true it's true yeah if you saw it on facebook it's true there you <laughs> it's go. definitely true <laughs> <laughs> well i guess the masks are helping then I, well I, you know one that is a sound assumption that the masks are working that the masks are working if if not for covid for the flu i was about to say yeah doesn't seem to be working for COVID in this area. Talking about how the mask has like killed the flu, but the COVID's just well like, so going it's, on. It's all about comorbidity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, the flu's that. about comorbidities too. No. I mean, COVID's not like no. the exclusive on the comorbidities. Wasn't. My research says that flu <laughs> was it on Facebook too. That, that one Facebook. Did you look at that little fact checker thing at the bottom? <laughs> <laughs> 
I I I think um, <clears throat> in closing, my because we definitely have to get out of Daniel. Yeah. Daniel's going to get in trouble. Yep. Um, it's been a real interesting ride. To yes. I, I'm I'm really thankful to have retained the people who are actually important in my life, like you, Jeff. Who who don't? Oh fuck you too. No no no. <laughs> so, no listen, you and just I. The guess. No, you and I have similar views on yeah. on COVID. Jeff has. It's not it's not so dissimilar from ours, but mm. it is definitely different, right? So more conservative, yes. In, in, it's in, more conservative in so, that way. Well, so also I'm 59. Mm-hmm. I am easily 50 pounds overweight. I have. Uh, acid reflux and, and GERD issues that I deal with. Mm. And so, you know, it's okay to be a little cautious. Sure. Well, 100%, I, yeah. well, what I was attempting to say is that I am truly thankful that I have retained. If, if I've learned anything from this, from this COVID scenario is that the people who are actually important to me, I have retained them in my life, even though, our opinions may not mirror one another's and the people who I, I don't want to say I thought, but who I just sort of assumed were that, that we shared certain values. And as it turns out, we definitely don't. It has been, I'm like, well, cool. I'm glad I'm not friends with those people anymore. Like, you're not a good person, and your lifestyle isn't good, and the people you hang out with aren't good. I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with losing that. I'm not okay with losing you. Like I'm not okay with losing Ricky. I'm not okay with losing Anthony. I'm like, the the my stress has come from not being able to be around my friends that I care about very much. So so, mm. even if it, if I may not agree with your with not you but people's opinion. My general level of uh, pissiness is because I don't I miss my friends. This is how simple it is. Echo chamber. <laughs> there you go. Well, I mean, pressure. The one good thing about pressure is it brings out people's true identity. That's for sure. You know, what I mean, it brings out. It's not what they pretend to be or who they want to be. It's who they are. Whenever you start adding the pressure to them. Yeah. So, and it's not necessarily good, bad, or indifferent. You know, it's just who they are. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. If they want to lock themselves in a bumper or in a bunker until the vaccine is ready, then that's their prerogative. You know what I mean? It's their personal freedom to do what they see fit. I couldn't agree more. Like I, I, I can't say it enough, Jeff. I know that um, we don't necessarily share the exact same experience with this, but man, I support you in any way. I, I just want I just want what's best for you, whatever whatever that is. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. I'm could not be more serious. Like, whatever I I will support you no matter what. That's not true, M- mostly. <laughs> <laughs> On most things, <laughs> and 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 I mean for you as well, Daniel, and, and really all mm-hmm. my students. It's not like um, exclusive. I'm just saying, you know, m- the the majority of our students share a, a similar philosophy of like, you know. Fuck it. See what happens. <laughs> yeah. Which puts us on the outside of the, the ultra left. Yeah. Not not to say that you're ultra left, Jeff. I'm just saying, you know, the well, see what happens crowd is considered generally to be ultra right, which I'm not, but whatever. I can see that too, but you also got to look at 
you know, with jujitsu, you tend to see younger, healthier people sure. in jujitsu. You know, I mean, master starts at thirty. You know what I mean? So it it really is a young man's sport. I'm past that. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, shit, all of us are. You know, but but I mean, with those demographics, you really don't see that many people upset about things. They're like, okay, cool. You know, it's another bug to me. Well, and so, also jujitsu attracts an interesting group of folks you're either ultra left or ultra right there, there are very few centrists yeah. i mean you gotta be a weirdo well so but if you think about it, there Sorry. are like a bunch of ultra um alpha ex-military big manly folks and then there's like the hippie crowd there's like no there's no real yeah. in between it's well, like well i mean normal people don't do jujitsu so. that's right i would argue that i'm kind of an in-between I would argue that you are too, but I would also say that you aren't the norm. No, you're you? definitely an outlier. Yeah. <laughs> Law of averages. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, cool. so during this podcast, I have drank the uh, Death by Hops India Pale Ale from Old Hickory Brewery, who should definitely sponsor this podcast. And uh, mm-hmm. I will talk to the owner about that later this afternoon as I go back to their establishment. <laughs> <laughs> to give for, them more money? For the second time today. Uh, it is, we've heard me talk about it before, but it is uh, kind of their flagship IPA. Mm-hmm. It's really good. has uh, 7% alcohol, 108 IBUs, which is quite a bit of uh, hop presence. Um, it is called Death by Hops for a reason. It is the original super hoppy IPA in Western North Carolina. <laughs> good beer. I drink it often. Mm-hmm. You should too. What you got, Daniel? Yep. <clears throat> I actually tried something new this time. It's by Highwire Brewing. Out of Asheville, North Carolina. Oh, oh yep. excellent. I I've been to their brewer. Many I got times. it at Lowe's Foods like I normally buy beer. <laughs> but uh, I checked it out because I'm big on the uh, coffee stuff now. Oh, hey, look at that. <laughs> Dan's over here eyeballing yeah. the Kenny's like, where's all this information you're looking at? And I was I'm looking like, at it. I was uh, like, I don't me... have any other numbers on here. I've got like <laughs> alcohol by volume. That's it. 5.3, by the way. But this is called the uh, Strongman Coffee Milk Stout. It is I, very coffee. Very yes. coffee. I love, I drink like a pot of coffee a day. So I love coffee That's beverages. like drinking cold coffee. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a Strongman Coffee Milk Stout. It is uh, dark and roasty is the, you know, huh. flavors. <laughs> I don't know. Facts. But it's got like the little uh, hop says less on the little scale. <laughs> Color is more towards the dark side. Unfiltered. 12 ounce i don't know like i think those are important to know sure and it's got a cool picture of a dude like lifting weights single hand overhead barbell press no i saw the coffee stout i mean don't get me wrong that did catch my eye but then i saw the coffee milk stout and i've never tried a coffee milk stout well highwire is just outside of uh downtown in Asheville, north carolina if you get a chance go by there it's good good i drink a lot of i don't say i drink a lot they have many good beers i enjoy them very much Jeff, what you drinking today? I didn't do anything here Ooh. because I had two sin ciders at uh, tap room earlier. Yeah, two uh, ciders, and that's why you didn't drink on the podcast. I've had three beers while I've been sitting here talking. Don't be judging him. He drink what he want. I'm, so I may be a heavyweight in most things, <laughs> but I've turned into a lightweight oh, in, for man, drinking. If Jeff drinks three ciders, this dude is fucking trash. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the, the result of this. Yeah, cheap date. Nice. <laughs> Show enough. In so many ways. (laughs) (laughs) What? Show enough. (laughs) Well, in closing, Jeffrey, 
what you got? Um, I am uh, extremely thankful that uh, all of y'all are in my life, that uh, I have jujitsu to dream about, even if I choose not to be here at this point. Um, I, the, the thing that we didn't get to, and I'll try to be brief, is I am so impressed with, with the, the team that we've got now. There are so many new people who are just superior at jujitsu. I look at where I started, and I just laugh about how they come, they've got so much on where I started. And they are so advanced. And same, bro. Same. Same. It's. It, I. I find it amazing, <laughs> and you know, the fact that uh, I still can help them on occasion, that makes me happy. <clears throat> no, me and Bever talk about this all the time on the podcast and off. Me as a blue belt wants nothing to do with you as a blue belt. <laughs> like sure. any day of the week i want nothing to do with matt melissa i want nothing to do with caitlin like y'all would all stomp my ass take me back to blue belt y'all they definitely are would. very very different blue belts than myself and bever were so so to me that that means we've done our job exactly. like my my literally my job is to transfer information in a more effective <laughs> way than it was transferred to me that's the mm-hmm. only standard I have to measure by. And I would call that a success. Oh, yeah. I got news mm-hmm. for you, Jeff. You're a far better blue belt than I was. Far better. Mm-hmm. You're, you're a better blue belt well, than Daniel was. Well, then you sucked. Well, <laughs> oh, we were fucking I did suck, but also yeah. you're pretty fucking good. Well, thank and you. you can, I mean, you can add, you know, I mean, just every, every blue belt, I have a list of them. I can read it off my phone. But you can add, there's not a single blue belt from Phoenix Jiu-Jitsu that is not exponentially better than than Daniel and myself were. Mm-hmm. Hands so, down. I mean, so that's our no goal. Competition. Right? Yeah, that's I mean, the that's goal. like our yep. goal. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. And you are always like basically always have been, always will be a part of Phoenix. You take whatever time you need. Like the mats are always here whenever you get ready to come back. There's Thank you. like I said, I'm a huge fan of personal freedom, but that belongs on the opposite side too. You are one hundred percent free to do whatever you want to. Whenever you feel that's safe to come back, come back. You know, I'm going to try to make it back to some evening classes. I ain't made it back around yet. <laughs> but I've been staying semi-active in the morning classes. I'll so. give you that. Been, <laughs> he's like a like a two-a-week guy right yeah, now. that's good. Listen, I'm, I've kind of quit giving Daniel a bunch of shit because, like, two-a-week is – that's a good start. That yeah, is yeah. – like, I feel like an average um, – it's not really Daniel's fault. I hold him to a higher standard. Because he's kind of like the, the. Because he's Danny. Second in command, you know what I mean? Like yeah. for so long since the beginning, mm-hmm. so like even though I hold you to a higher standard, two a week, consistently is better than five a week for six months and then you quit. So, yeah. uh, any level of consistency we'll take. Two two a week, do that. Mm-hmm. That that's awesome. Continue to do that. Cool. <laughs> I will do that definitely. Are you selling a book? What do you got? Anything mm. exciting going on? Eh, no, no, no. I've got a couple projects in the works. Books are up on Amazon. Just go to Amazon.com. Search my name. My books will pop up. The jiu-jitsu book is actually starting to catch some heavy steam with zero marketing on my part, so I'm pretty happy about <laughs> Literally it. Literally zero marketing. <laughs> I haven't even heard you. Dude, I just I don't like the marketing part of side, or the marketing side of things. I like to write the stuff, throw it out there. You like it? Cool. You don't? Cool. 
Yeah, I mean, I know that's a terrible way to run a business, but it, I get the it really joy, is. Yeah, I get the joy out of writing, out of like trying to give something back to the community. You know, I've sent out a bunch of free copies for people to review and send me their feedback, and nobody sent me their feedback. So I'm like, okay, well, screw you too. I guess you hate the book. Appreciate you reading. <laughs> I, I didn't even read it. I'm, I know. I, I just haven't had the time. Yeah, about that. That's not true. I haven't made. I haven't made the time. Yeah. Well, so I'm not selling shit uh, right this minute in direct opposition to some folks fuck Roy Cooper we're going to we're going to be we're going to be doing jiu jitsu schedule is posted online i am absolutely not closing for uh, if if we had like a direct covid uh like if if we were exposed like if one of my absolute direct students like said hey man i've got covid we would probably close for two weeks, and then we would be right back to class. Um, I'm trying to balance being uh, Cautious, responsible, realistic. responsible with realistic, and uh, it's a hard line to walk. I don't always make it, but I have a good group of friends and uh, students to kind of guide me through this, and so we're just going to be doing what we do. And uh, I've, I, I will say this: I announced the other day in class that uh, we won't be closing regardless of what the fuck ever. And uh, it's like literally kind of like a round of applause. So I was like, I wasn't trying to garner like a big thing. I was just like, hey guys, this is my plan. And so I was like, hey, listen, we're not closing again. That shit's out. We're not doing that. And like everybody started go applauding. I was like, uh, I'm not, yeah, me too. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. So, you know, I support all my friends, regardless of their general strategy, I say look out for your own health. You are responsible for your own self. Please try to treat everybody with uh, the same, I don't know, like treat them like you want to be treated. You know, if you, if you have opposing views, it's okay. Like just be uh, be decent to each other and try to try to remember these are always two of your friends. If they're not your friends, fuck them. Don't be friends with them anymore. <laughs> Delete the shitty people on your Facebook page. Fuck them. They suck. Uh, you're just creating echo chambers and echo chambers. I'm okay with that, man. Some people just got to go. And, um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know how to say it any other way. I love you all. Like, not just you two, which I do very much, but I love you all. And so try to take care of each other and try to be try to be decent. Even if, even in a situation like with Phoenix where we're not closing, it is, it is your responsibility. So, it, question for you. What? If there's a lockdown, is Phoenix closing? Nope. No. No, we're not closed. That's like, so are you sure? Yeah. Yeah. Are you, I mean, because that's like the fourth time you said it. I mean, are you sure? I'm pretty sure. Okay. We're not, we're not sure you're anymore. not going to change your mind again. No, no. I'm, <laughs> we can go on record. We can go on record. <laughs> I'm going to be here on the schedule that is provided on the interwebs. I'm going to be here. What I'm trying to get at is regardless of other, like whether you agree with someone's decision or not, just try to remember that we're all fucking human beings and we're all just trying to do our best. And it's not always easy to just be like, man, that person doesn't agree with me. Oh, well, like they're, they're probably just trying to do their best for their themselves and their family. Yep. Yep. Cool. Go fuck yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, listen, if you need insurance, go see my friend, Juliet Good, State Farm Insurance in 4th Street, Southwest in Hickory, North Carolina. Her and the good girls have a combined 37 years of experience. I use them. Daniel uses them. Mm -hmm. At least, at least a quarter of the 
county of, I don't know, I'm just making shit up. <laughs> lots, a lot of other lots people. Lots of other people use, use them, them also because yes. if they didn't, they wouldn't be in business. Mm-hmm. They are fantastic. She also does commercial, I mean, by the way. Commercial. I mean, we forgot to throw that in there. I think she sort of specializes in automotive, commercial, and uh, life insurance. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they they focus in, or they have access to all the the uh, insurance Needs of the community. Needs, yes. Thank you, Daniel. All right. So go see the good girls, Juliet Good. You be sure and tell them that Daniel and Jason and Jeff sent you. And um, otherwise, please be good to each of them. Okay, bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye.